0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode two or three forty five of the Siren Studs podcast. I'm Kurt, joined once again by my San Franciscan co hosts, Peter and Jake. That's
1: that's perfect, Kurt. Three forty five, it's the perfect time in the morning um when i think that's to
0: just pull out your dick and masturbate yeah i agree
1: Mm -hmm. oh (laughs) that's that's the number one activity Um, or flick your
0: bean. you know whatever whatever you got whatever your equipment situation down there is
1: or 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 flick your dick yeah however
0: you do it you know if it works for you it works for you
1: set it on a crocodile board and, and get a whole round in yeah um, this edition of the cast.
0: Rub it between some loose grapes.
1: <laughs> Just put it in a rock tumbler, baby. It's whatever. It's, shiny. it's whatever. <laughs> um the newest confectionery treat, this edition of the cast. From the makers of Hostess Twinkies comes Parasite Twinkies. They come inside the hostess Twinkie. Shouldn't it have been Parasitus?
0: Huh? Parasitis?
1: I, you know, I I wouldn't be one to assume.
0: (laughs) uh... Well, I'm just saying, because it's hostess, right? There's the extra syllable Mm -hmm. on the end of host.
1: Parastasis? Or is it it parastix? You know, it's like dominatrix, parasitistic.
0: I think only if it's a female parasite.
1: That's true. But uh, it doesn't matter what it is because it's eating me from the inside out. Uh, delicious sweet treat that I pay back with it wait
0: it is sweet so we can confirm it's a treat yes passes the moose test
1: it's made with (laughs) with all real strawberries (laughs) oh that movie need to
0: make sure my treats pass the moose test (laughs) here's moosey (laughs) remember kids if it's not sweet it's not a treat (laughs)
1: I can't wait to see the the John Travolta Moose cameo in Champions.
0: When's Moose coming to multiverses?
1: Oh fuck! Who put out, um, Fanatic? What's?
0: Stu- I think that, that might have been just- Redbox. <laughs> uh,
1: what yeah, who studio up that shit? made?
2: Yeah, 20, oh God, 2019 that long ago yeah it's been Man. a minute boys time time really do be do be moving quiver distribution
1: my worldwide pretzel fang productions yeah, Wonder uh, film media fi- finance <laughs> capital bill can <Ken> write <laughs>
0: so you know no one you've ever heard of <laughs> always a marker time. quality
1: running time <laughs> 89 minutes <laughs>
0: Who would have thought, you know, that a film from a bunch of companies you've never heard of, directed by Fred Durst. Maybe wouldn't have been the best.
2: You know, but Fred I think worst. I think that Fred Durst guy, I think he's going places, you know?
0: I don't know if his his his, his uh, directorial career is going anywhere, but uh He might have a future in music.
1: He's 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 been
0: or as like a cult leader, he did get a bunch of people to break things in uh, oh. 1999 at Woodstock.
1: Powerful.
2: Fred Durst, more like Fred Property Damage.
1: And uh, we're also going places.
2: <laughs> Whereas, so, yeah.
1: What? What is the we're,
2: place? We're coming at you live, so I did sync this week up with whatever we watched. We're coming at you live as always from our small little pennsylvania high school sound booth room uh where you know we might bump into a young dwayne johnson as we watch the first six episodes of the new rock tv series for our 90s winner um so we're gonna we're gonna take a look at that um
0: wait what does the rock have to do with pennsylvania
2: uh, i pretty uh, sure According to Google um, grew up in He grew ex- Florida He explores his childhood years Living among, um, amid influential wrestling icons While his dad wrote the fame in business His rebellious teenage years Attending high school in Pennsylvania And his football years Teamed up with powerhouse players At the University of Miami in his telling, Johnson explains that while his experiences have been larger than life, he remains a down to earth guy who still relates to the American people. Yup, just your casual multi, multi millionaire. So, in every movie ever made. Let's see.
0: Johnson was born in Hayward, California, May 1972. Um, he lived briefly in Auckland, New Zealand. Interesting. Huh. Um I mean
2: we knew that because we definitely watched the show which probably covers that.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, let's yeah. see. I'm looking for Pennsylvania here. All right, Johnson attended Montclair Elementary School in Charlotte, North Carolina before moving to Hamden, Connecticut, where he attended Shepherd Glen Elementary School and then Hamden Middle School. Johnson attended President William McKinley High School in Honolulu, then Glencliff High School. And McGavick High School, both in Nashville. Then Freedom High School in Bethlehem Township in Lehigh, Valley, in Lehigh Valley, where he graduated in 1990. So he went to five high schools. Yeah! And one of them was in it. Pennsylvania. We made it! It counts! I guess that's where his diploma's from, so maybe yeah. that's the one he connects to most. <laughs> But holy shit, what a globetrotter. I mean, I guess with your dad in the wrestling business, you'd move around a bit. Going from territory to territory.
2: That's that's nuts.
0: But who the fuck leaves Hawaii to go to Nashville?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Right? I'd be like, sorry, dad, you're great and all, but like, it's sweet.
1: That's how he got so powerful. He took the route that, that no one else wanted to. It's like a real life Easter egg. I'm like you know, Easter eggs. <laughs> Which are...
2: Which know, are the eggs of rabbits. Yeah, your rabbit, your casual rabbit eggs.
1: I'm very sad that there is no no weird rabbit hole I can go down with, like, Dwayne Johnson merch. You know, it the funniest thing I've seen is just his Black Adam action figure, and it's him just, like, generally pelvically thrusting while he screams into the air it's about it's about as bad, as good as it gets
0: so um, um not to bring it back <laughs> to the fanatic here but I'm going to bring it back to the fanatic here the trivia for this movie is pretty sparse but of the uh, of the few factoids that they have accumulated uh the top one is that devin Sawah, who plays the um the the celebrity being stalked uh was the actor who played stan in the music video for eminem's song stan so he himself was an obsessed fan i'm sure i'm sure that played a huge role in his casting and not the fact that he agreed to appear in this movie directed by fred durst (laughs)
1: They only chose the best of the best. They looked for that real life experience.
0: Oh, this cannot be true. (laughs) And yet, apparently, Moose is John Travolta's favorite character he has ever played.
3: No,
2: (laughs) that feels offensive.
0: So says this unvetted information. (laughs) IMDb.
2: That can't be true.
1: I want to see. You know that. I mean it wasn't probably made up whole cloth that was probably taken way out of context from whatever interview he was giving, but I want to hear that interview. Yeah. Where where he has to talk up the fanatic. He has to promote it. And he's he's sitting in the little director chair with Fred Durst.
0: John Travolta took the role of Moose as a tribute to his autistic son, Jet, who passed away in
1: 2009. Oh. I'm so sorry, Jet.
0: Holy fuck, that feels... That feels more offensive. Yeah, I don't know that that's any better. Uh, This movie is loosely based on a real event in director Fred Durst's life in which a fan of the band Limp Biscuit, parenthetical, of which Durst was the vocalist, because you only know him as accomplished movie director Fred Durst, stalked him, (laughs) Moose's way of dress, the Hawaiian shirt, the shorts and the kind of bad sneakers was based on the clothes that Durst Stalker always were I suppose so says Fred Durst
2: now Travolta's favorite, favorite role has to be Sean Archer from his pivotal role in Face Off which I can only hope he is getting ready to do a reboot of with Dwayne the Rock Johnson because he is bald as a motherfucker
0: they can put a wig on him. Or Nick Cage well, so could shave his rock. head.
2: No, The Rock. The Rock is going to compete with him. No,
0: but it he has to, to, be, to be Nick Cage. The Rock, well, he'll, the rock he'll can come in be there. W- another FBI agent. <laughs> he'll come in there as a cameo no, or be, something.
1: He's going to be the island of Alcatraz.
0: The faces have been swapped. <laughs> you can't just have he's another swapped. guy in there. <laughs> this thing.
1: The three-body problem all over again.
2: That should be our that should be our bonus. This isn't some free winner. card
0: Monty game.
1: Just imagine Nick Cage faceless on the street playing with the faces. Find the pretty lady. Find the pretty. Oh, they're all dudes because it's all. T-
0: and none of faces. them are pretty because their faces have been cut off.
1: What if they? Oh, what if they merged like, like twins and Face Off, got together.
0: Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito switching faces faces. (laughs) I'd pay to see that (laughs) absolutely alright just like people want you to pay to see the movies that are coming to a theater near you in our segment Trey Watch Um, point of order they are not coming to Trey Watch they are already on Trey Watch the theater is not in Trey Watch just want to make that clear before we get sued for misleading information. what's
1: mm-hmm. yes. happened before. Yeah. That'd be we great.
0: Yeah. We, we've been sued before. We, uh, they were dealt with a, swiftly and fiercely.
1: There a certain producer that we're no longer allowed to reference. Legally, on we on can't mention show. his name,
0: but um, I'll, I'll give you a hint. The,
1: I am not allowed to say Brad Grammer's name on this show. No, I mean, he can
0: say it there because he's just explaining how he's not allowed to say Brad Grammer's name, but if he were to... Uh, say the name in context that was different from explaining the situation legally. We could be held liable for uh, unsettled warrants in the state of Florida. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. no proof that his brake line was cut that caused the accident that led to his untimely demise. Whoever he may, whomever he may be, uh, however he may have died, uh, there is no uh, concrete evidence linking yeah. anyone here to that event. Like.
2: Like if, if we were to say, if we were to say, for example, Brad Grammer's a schmutz, and you know he deserved what was coming to him, then
0: that would we could yeah, get in serious oh, trouble yeah. for that. Yes. No.
2: Yeah. But in this instance, he's just
0: that. explaining that to you, so we're okay. I'm
2: just referring to yeah. it, just like as if I was going to say, you know. Brad Grammer owes me thousands of dollars and I'm going to hunt down his family and children until I get reparations. Nope. Can't say that. Don't want want to do any of that. Nope.
0: I'm also not saying that uh, we've kept Brad Grammer's social security number active and we use it to make a lot of company purchases and the credit score is abysmal. Um, You know, again, that's just me explaining the terms of the legal agreement that everyone he was signed, including the family of the alleged deceased. Um, and on that note, uh, 65.
1: <laughs> uh, no Eiffel. The
0: number of years which we could go to prison for violating our agreement.
1: <laughs> um, you'll notice that there is a distinct lack of blue uh, in, in a lot of these shots in the trailer.
0: I'm not feeling uh, like Dabu di Dabu Dai.
1: Adam Driver will not dabu di, die. Uh, this joins the uh, this is the latest entry into the years cinematic universe. Um, got 1918. We had uh, what's the what was the one that was a couple weeks back? Uh, it's like 1937 or something, or
0: 1837. There's yeah, there's an 1889 or something like that. Then we had 1917.
1: Let me look back because I know we, we definitely talked about it. Um, but now we have uh, sixty five, and I I honestly didn't. Uh, I can't find it. But because there has been so many entries into the the year cinematic universe, I guess that that was that was the the idea of the title before they explained the concept. Um, this is a uh, planet of the apes of the lizards.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I'm sure they're the the twist won't be that they just moved forward in time on their own planet. That's it's definitely not where this movie's going.
1: You know, well, I mean, they it's definitely not because i i I don't think they're gonna try for a twist like that. I mean, they put I feel like they put the twist in the trailer. Well,
0: it said led to a prehistoric Earth. So there's time shenanigans in there.
1: I don't know if there's time shenanigans. I just think this is like whatever happened. He was the pre-human. This was just like an alien race that landed on Earth. That's we'll my, see. And became humans. That's my thinking.
0: We'll see.
2: Well, I okay. Here's what. Since okay, this is a stretch because I mean, it would have it would force them to make Adam Driver's character be named Adam. And I think they're gonna like he's the driver. He drove he drove the yeah, ship. I think they're gonna spin off the the old Twilight Zone uh skit or bit or mini episode. What you call That it? hilarious
0: like show. Episodes. Twilight Zone. Well, oh. well, I don't know if it was now, like a full yeah, like, I, I think twenty five minute thing. Or
2: an episode of Twilight Zone where Segment, this I guess uh, would be the world space crew, uh this guy um crash lands on an unknown planet. Has to survive, meets a girl there, uh, and names her Eve, or she the only thing she could pronounce is Eve, and his name is Adam, and then it turns out that, that, that Adam and Eve, and they find paradise. And I was uh, told that was
0: Adam and Steve.
1: <laughs> Actually, a dude. That's the that's, that's the, the real twist Twilight, Twilight
0: real Zone twist there.
1: Twist. Um, I I want you to direct your attention to the the description of uh sixty five. They don't want you Rotten Tomatoes, you know, the upstanding and quality institution it is, they don't want you to go see 65. They want you to check out the official trailer for Emancipation starring Adam Driver and Ariana Greenblatt.
2: (laughs) Oh my gosh. Wow, Rotten Tomatoes really
1: pulling it off. I hope someone got fired for that blunder.
0: Well, is Um, that, like, out now? Maybe? Nope, the link goes to buy tickets to 65. Okay, yep that's 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 not the first time that they've fucked up like when they put the description of the wrong pinocchio movie
2: <laughs> really pulling a fast really pulling a fast one on Will Smith over there although
0: the synopsis is um is correct i believe mm-hmm. um yeah i mean it's it's interesting it's nice to see uh
1: it's and it's sam Ra- we should know that it, sam Raimi. is a producer uh, so i Yes, so I really hope that um, someone gets their art. Like, there's got I hope there's a dinosaur disemboweling someone in gory fashion in this movie.
2: Yeah. Um, somebody in the comments wrote, "This is the closest we're ever going to get to a Turok movie," and I'm okay with that.
0: Um, so I did a little digging here on Scott Beck who is one of the directors on this. There's two directors, and they both wrote the screenplay. Um, Scott Beck has done a lot of horror movies. Um, he's Haunt, Nightlight, The Boogeyman, which is also upcoming. Is that a reboot of the older movie by the same name? A Quiet Place, Quiet Place Part Two. So, uh, yeah, this this is definitely going to lean more into the horror side of sci-fi horror, it would seem. Given the okay. given the folks involved,
1: I'm ready for some some fucking dino kills.
0: Yeah, I see. Hyped I don't hyped. know. I, I, they're going to get terrorized for sure. But when there's only two characters in the movie, can't really afford to kill any of them off until like at least the end of the second act. So Hopefully. I feel like it's going to be a lot of near misses.
1: Maybe. They may also uh, get into the cryostasis passengers. You know, it's like when a bear gets into a cooler at a campsite,
0: or or, or into a bunch of cocaine.
1: Yeah. Oh, cocaine bear! Where we, I feel like we have to review that when it comes out.
0: Um. Yeah, it does kind of feel that way, doesn't it? Uh, I guess we'll stick with the horror vein. Scream Six uh,
2: yeah, It keeps on coming and when you you know when you got a good idea and you got a lot of. A lot of bulk scream ghost face masks. You just gotta keep pushing. Up these they are.
0: I will give them credit. I don't even remember Scream Five. Was Was Scream Four the reboot, or was that Scream? No, no. Scream Five was screen the reboot. Five. Yeah. Scream Four came out in 2011. I there was a YouTube thing that popped up right next to it. That's how I know that. Um, I'll give them credit. They are kind of changing up the formula. Um, cause they're it's in New York City. They're doing a whole uh, Jason Takes Manhattan five <laughs> <vibe> to it. <laughs> okay. Um, the uh, the worst movie with the the Take Manhattan suffix appended to it. Um, but yeah, Jenny Ortega's in in everything right now. It seems.
1: Yep. Um, I will note it. So. If you can believe it, this sixth sequel might not be so original. Uh, I noticed that they took the the title gimmick right from fucking Resident Evil. <laughs> they, they, you
2: know, if it works, it works, yeah. baby.
0: I mean, yeah, it, <sighs> it, 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 it works all right. You see, my, my problem with this trailer is the scene they set up in the trailer. Like, there's a bunch of people in the ghost face mask... But he appears to stab a girl. He's gonna get the shit kicked out of him on that subway car. It's full of people. I don't know. Well, you might good. have a few
2: people like going to work, be like, "Not my problem. I'm gonna be late. I gotta punch into Starbucks."
1: I see. I, that's what they're banking on. I think is that they're trying to talk. They're gonna like play up the horror of the bystander effect because it's like taking place during Halloween, so people. Don't are like they're unsure if it's real or not, and so they're like they're gonna be maybe hesitant to act. But like, I feel like in New York City it horseshoes all the way around back to they will intervene because, like, it's I feel like that's my experience of New York is like they are so many people that like they're very aware of the bystander yeah. effect, and they're like, well, no one's gonna fucking. There's going to be someone there who just doesn't give a fuck about waiting for for action. They'll just jump in and drop
0: kick. it. There's a lot of people with like really built up angst in New York City that are looking for a morally just excuse to let it out. Boy, I'd love for somebody to just start
2: a fight with me right now. I definitely don't Uh, want to get in a fight right
0: now. (laughs)
2: Yeah, I definitely don't have anything to do right now and want to fight punch somebody. Oh, I would so kick their ass right now. So you God know plans. a
1: chip on your shoulder? That saying? Yes. Uh, that was, I think, an actual thing at one point. Like, in, in the early 20th century, where you would walk around with like a little board on your shoulder, mm-hmm. and you, it was like an open invitation for someone to fucking flip cup it off, and then you just start fighting them.
0: Let's look into it. You
2: wanna you wanna know a little another little fun fact? Your mixed drinks are closely related to the asshole of a horse.
0: Traces back.
1: Come again.
2: <laughs> yeah, cocktail. Oh. Um, yeah, yeah, you, your old uh, old drinks. Um, used to get. I don't know why the beginning of the story started off with so much of a history about like like what what mixed drinks used to be before ice because it was definitely very different because um, uh, they used to be called uh, slings. Um, and then uh, mm-hmm. uh, they would add bitters to the them sling, and it's how you get like some of the... And... Uh, so they'd have bitter slings because bitters used to be like a hangover cure. Um, but then at horse shows um, to... Um, when, that thing, when they were selling horses... Uh, they would have to gauge how fast a horse was based on its like vir- uh, virility and its um, just appearance of the horse. And one way to measure that is by the tail. If the tail is up, if it's up in the air, it's going to be really spunky and fast. Um, the, and the,
1: the top of the line, most advanced sports science of the 1800s.
2: Yeah. So a trick that they would do is they would take their whiskey drink the with folds, bitters in measure it the
0: folds in the and
2: and they would shove it in their ass. They would shove their alcoholic drink in their ass, and that would make them freak out a little bit and they would cock their tail up in the air. Um, so then that eventually moved its way into bars and so, they would say, hey, you want a drink that'll really cock your tail?
1: So what you're telling me is boofing has been a thing since time immemorial?
2: Yes, except I, horses did it first. Like I
0: said, you, you look at that, look at that, uh, that graffiti from Pompeii. Humans have not evolved at all. <laughs>
2: No dog
0: pictures. Technology has thing. changed. People have not.
2: Yeah. I
1: wanna. I wanna oh. go back and crash like a Mesopotamian like scholar party for all the young scholars. You know they're on weekend. They're out there. They have like their fucking super dangerous ass rice wine because they don't know how, <laughs> how to like, like boil off methanol alcohol yet. Yeah. <laughs> they're like this stuff is like. What do you mean what do you mean 180 proof? What is that even Four mean? 4 out of
0: 5 people who drink it go blind, but you know. <laughs>
1: I drink it and I see the gods. So like I'll put it up my butt.
2: So this had me dying one night. And for all of you at home, just go Google search uh Roman mouse.
1: Oh no. Uh, oh with, no. With trumpet. Okay. So this got I thought, me f- I thought we were going somewhere else based on that. This
2: God got this. me so good one time. Was that I just randomly came across this, this ancient bronze sculpture of a, a bronze mouse playing the trumpet, uh, and there is a tiny Roman bronze mouse playing the trumpet, toot toot, first second century A.D. in the British Museum, and it's just so goofy that somebody took. This metal, this precious metal that people have perfected for years that makes swords and shields and, and cooking utensils and so much utility. And instead they decided to just sculpt a little, a little mouse with a trumpet and the mouse is just going toot, toot on two little feet. Oh my when God, this
0: is I wonder, peak comedy. I maybe. wonder when the trumpet, w- it might have some other meaning. When when, I mean, is, when I was the trumpet a made? I wonder.
2: Oh, probably way back when. I mean, they had the
0: oh Peter, yeah, you are correct long. on chip on your shoulders origin, but it's a nineteenth century term. Okay. because
1: um, I I remember because there was they would do Tom and Jerry, yeah. episodes and in Jerry. He'd put it like he pulled like a fucking two by four on his shoulder, he'd be like ah, hey, knock it off. The New York
0: newspaper, boy. Long Island Telegraph, reported on May twentieth, eighteen thirty. Quote when two churlish boys were determined to fight, a chip of wood would be placed on the shoulder of one and the other demanded to knock it off at his peril. <laughs>
1: <laughs> while we're while we're talking about ancient shit, I will I will bring up while you know the mouse was very cute. I'll I'll throw in the thermopolium, <laughs> which was the fucking ancient Greek McDonalds. Where it was just, it's like, it's like a fucking buffet where they just put a big fire under like a row of pots and you had the menu on the counter and all, you know, because you were in the city and much like today, you couldn't get your own house. You had to do an apartment and most apartments didn't have their own kitchen. So you go down and you get, you get ye old grub hub down at the thermopolium and they pull like the fucking uh, snail shells and chicken and shit out a little latrine they give it for you like oh, it's, it's two copper coins baby and you're like no what is inflate? this the prices are out of control <laughs> i this says one one copper coin on here but after all the fees and the deliveries <laughs> and the tip it's two i can't say what this.
0: do i have to tip you for <laughs> aren't you getting paid
1: <laughs> i'm i paid you i'm serving it myself out of this i brought my own spoon <laughs> what exactly am i doing
0: um, for those of well, you, oh, you
1: brought me the wine from the ampule over in the corner. Wow, real service. <laughs> for those
0: of you wondering, the trumpet is estimated to have existed since 1500 BC. <laughs> yeah, so, to king. So king it touch? was. It could have been a trumpet. <laughs> yeah, it could It's have been. on. It's on the table.
2: What else would a little mouse be playing? I don't know. Come it on. could
0: be some pagan symbol that I'm not aware of. You know, like those uh, cave paintings. In Arizona yeah. with the dudes that have, like, trumpet noses or trombone noses or oboe. Tromboses.
1: Maybe it was maybe it was like they just heard about an elephant and they were like, they just got it really wrong. <laughs> they just royally fucked up.
2: Why is there more information on this little trombone? There's so much information on this. It's <laughs> this crazy. They're like, we need to study this. People need to know.
1: Just like... Just like. People need to
0: know. What's going on with Morgan about, Freeman's hairline?
1: <laughs> That's my man, exactly where I was going. Uh a good person. He is Morgan Freeman is a good person.
0: Yeah, um old black man. You know, in in a weird way, this is a little bit but not it's it's simultaneously a little bit and not at all like black snake moan. <laughs> Please. Older black man uh, befriends uh, promiscuous white girl, and uh, that's that's about where the similarities place. end.
2: <laughs> Except it's Florence Pugh. Yeah, which who's is playing a high school girl
0: when she's like twenty six.
1: Yeah, that's a classic. that's a gap. That seventy show moment. From with the exception of Mila
0: Kunis, yeah, from writer director Zach Braff, who you may know uh, as JD from Scrubs, also that guy with Donald Faison in the T T Mobile commercials. Mm-hmm. Um, That's
1: true, and the, I guess was he the director of Garden State? Yeah, I guess so. That's that what they
0: there? they've pulled up in the beginning there. I don't I don't remember that movie. Uh, judging by the title, it's about New Jersey, which means I don't care.
1: <laughs> Get it out of here.
0: Out of there! Um, oh Jesus Christ! My neck just cracked three times when I did that.
1: So yeah. So this is. I mean, it's it's gonna be heartwarming. It's gonna be a an enjoyable, wholesome kind of thing. Uh, the old lady yells "fuck boy," and that makes me cackle inside. <laughs> yeah, I he's a guess. fuck boy. I hope this teaches the old people to know what the word fuckboy means. I feel like it's an easily grockable concept and they'll be all the better for it. Wait till Morgan they find Freeman, out about the I implore you to teach the kids about
0: fuck. I want to ask, is it such a crime to be a boy who wants the fuck?
2: It's it's not but that's not a
0: fuckboy. I know, but that's what this kid was.
2: I, I, I think they are misappropriating I think they are miss uh, appropriating fuckboy in this situation. I don't think he's a actual fuckboy. I think we will find out that he's actually a kind-hearted soul. I mean, I maybe ag- this I agree is the, like
0: it's it's but I do, boy, the thing fuck. is I don't know anymore. It's like when they changed he, the definition of friend zone to suit a completely different set of circumstances.
2: So what they did here is they kind of melded like an old concept with like a new concept. Like, the old concept, the new concept is just the, the vernacular of saying, fuck boy, he's a fuck boy. That's what the kids are saying these days. The old concept is, like, jumping to conclusions, like, straight away. And just, like, the old, uh, you better bring her home on time or I'll still be cleaning my gun here, you know? Ooh, dear. I, and then, because uh, it's yeah. like, they're, they're all protective of the, the, the little girl in the situation, and Mm-hmm. Gotta gotta make sure they're not being harmed.
1: Yeah, I um. So I think I think about what movies are coming out right now, right? And here's my hope: you watch this movie, you enjoy it, you laugh, you cry, you pray, all in <laughs> all in an hour and a half. It's a good day. Uh, and at the end of the, <laughs> the credits, there's a post-credit scene where he gets a letter from a man named Otto, and he goes, "Hey Red, or uh, hey." How's life been since prison? (laughs) And it's the Tom Hanks, Morgan Freeman, Shawshank Redemption follow-up lead-in to the Reunion crossover movie.
0: Tom Hanks wasn't in Shawshank Redemption.
2: I was going to say, it's...
1: uh, He
0: was in Green Mile.
1: Shit. (laughs) Oh,
2: his name escapes me. Uh,
0: Tim Robbins, I think.
2: Tim Robbins, yes. I
1: I was so... I went 110% on that. Bit. I'm pretty sure <laughs> I'm, I, I'm
0: almost certain that there is a movie that exists that has both Tom Hanks and Morgan Freeman in it.
1: Let's. I, I need to find it now. Uh, Apparently,
0: Garden State uh, was the uh, progenitor of the manic pixie dream girl trope. So says Wikipedia. Uh.
1: So, all right, I guess they were, Tom Hanks and Morgan Freeman were in two movies together. Uh, One is the 1990 uh, Bonfire of the Vanities, which also had Bruce Willis and Kirsten Dunst.
0: Well, that's an interesting... And
1: Melanie Griffith.
0: Interesting cast.
1: Um, And the other one was Magnificent Desolation Walking on the Moon. Uh, which was the Buzz Aldrin story uh, that also had Matt Damon and Brian Cranston. How have I never and heard Chandra's of this movie? movie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it, it's just another one of those movies with a bunch of big-name actors that the studio tries to cash in on. Uh, bonf- the Bonfire of the Vanities was a box office bomb. Grossing just fifteen million so against bad. a forty-seven million dollar budget.
1: I mean, it just I know looks what I'm so bad. Nineties month next week. Er,
0: 90s the week controversies month. surrounding this film were detailed in a nineteen ninety-one book, "The Devil's Candy." The bonfire of the vanities goes to Hollywood. Well, I know what I'm reading next. I know okay. what.
1: Um. <clears throat> oh, so is. Oh, I guess it was just Bruce Willis being a being a dick.
0: Well, I can see that. Oh, no. Huh.
2: Kind of glad he's got brain <laughs> issues now. <laughs> Fuck him, am I right?
1: <laughs> I love how the whole, con- like, the fucking controversy of this movie was, like, Bruce Willis was kind of a dick because it was, like, really hot on set that day. Even the fucking even the fucking uh drama sucks in this.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, enough fucking around. Let's find out what the big trailer this week was.
2: Dun. Dun, 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 it's Spider-Man showing
0: up. It's
1: <laughs> showing up. I uh, uh, one second. Showing up. It's, it
0: it's showed up to interrupt my review of Across the Spider-Verse. Exactly.
1: Every, every art major, this is their biopic.
0: <laughs> showing up. Some of them couldn't have even been bothered to do that.
1: Okay, on to...
0: Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Um, so this trailer is framed around a conversation between Miles and his mother. Um, about like him growing up and whatnot, and uh, then we get some clips from the first movie, some some clips of Miles doing Spider-Man things, in in his his own mm-hmm. world, and then we get uh, a peek into the Spider Verse. Uh, no explanation of how they're able to traverse that now, or who organized this whole commune of Spider Folk,
1: Spider Con. Um.
0: That's- but they're there. Probably spider mama The the one objection I have to what I saw in the movie, and it's a very minor objection. I actually think it's kind of cool. Uh, the, at least they're hinting at there being like conflict between the Spider-Men, which you know if you're going to have if you want an interesting villain, having you know recognizable characters fill that role probably gonna help. Um, but mm-hmm. Peter B. Parker. Is, is still, like, he's in a bathrobe and he's eating snacks out of a, like, a papoose. But at the end of Spider-Verse, yeah. his whole character arc was that he was, like, over his depression and he's getting back together with MJ. So unless they address that, I'm going to... he's,
1: like, he's on his yes, honeymoon they, or some shit.
2: They do. Um, I do believe uh, that is a papoose made for a baby. And that is um, Mayday Parker's baby or mayday parker mayday mj or for mayday so him and mj i believe um had a baby and he's a father now so i think you will kind of see a little bit of that but um you know i don't know i would have been okay for him to break yeah i would
0: have schlubby i would have been okay like i mean i think they're just kind of leaning into jake johnson's strength as a performer which is is comedy But, you know, when he had to be serious in Spider-Verse, you know, he pulled it off very well and very believably. Um, I would be okay with kind of de-emphasizing Peter B. Parker's character, even though I I really like that character. But I just think for this story, it kind of makes a little more sense to focus on maybe some different Spider-Men.
1: I think they're going to, yeah, I think they're going to put him as, like, put him off to the side and he'll he'll probably be, like, cracking on Joker. Yeah, too. if
0: he has, like, a then... Spider-Man noir-sized role in this, I think that'd be appropriate.
1: Because I think the, the big three, right, the big triangle in this one is going to be Miles, uh, Gwen, And Miguel. And... Yeah, Miguel.
2: And the, like, side characters, I think we saw a little bit of... Um, I don't know her name, but she was the one with the afro mm-hmm. in the beginning... Uh, they're probably going to focus on a little bit more. Um, Spider Punk, I believe we did not get to see him, um, is also said to have more of a role in here. Um, so maybe they do a little bit of uh, um, more of that. Uh, I, this is going to be a really interesting movie. I, I feel like it's kind of tacky to be like, oh well, in the Marvel breakdown, you know, frame by frame.
3: Oh, this is um, absolutely you
2: know, one of those. But this ones. is way more fun to look into it and break them down frame by frame. Um because every Spider Man is gonna be like animated slightly differently. Um or, you know, some are gonna be more similar than others, but like you have the I don't know what year it is, but like the paper bag Spider Man who's from the like bombastic one of the really Bagman. Yeah, bombastic Bagman who is from like really old um uh fantastic four yeah that's comics like and...
0: the like 60 mid 60s
2: yeah and if you pause it on him and you can see how like the individual little dots yeah, the, the and, comic dots, and yeah. pixels the comic dots are like consistent in his animation throughout uh it is really really cool and it adds just a different kind oh, of uh, I, animation feel i to wouldn't
1: it. be surprised if every single spider-man had their own, like, two-person team dedicated to them or some shit like that. Yeah, and I wouldn't this, be surprised. Because, I mean, this is absolutely, like, where they just... They'll just pack in the cameos by the dozen in the background. The only one I... But the only one I care about, and you all know this, Japanese Spider-Man. Yeah. And uh, I want to see him jump out during that battle, and he jumps into his Leopardon. Just start, just start going to fucking town on boys. I'm pretty
0: sure you'll maybe get a clip of him doing the, the thing into the robot and it'll, like, malfunction or something and it'll be used as a gag. <laughs> I don't think you're going to get a lot of Japanese Spider-Man.
1: I'll save her every moment, though.
0: Um, yeah, obviously looking forward to this. I am kind of interested to see, because I believe uh, Spider-Man 2... Uh, the video game Marvel Spider-Man two is going to be releasing around the same time as across the Spider-Verse. And I do believe this is part one um, of a two-part movie.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh Oh, yeah. They said that.
0: Um, So it'll be kind of interesting to see if there's any uh, like plot crossover and stuff. I mean, obviously it would be limited because, Mm -hmm. uh, Miles in the video game has a much different kind of, like, route to becoming Spider-Man and, you know, a different family situation uh, than the Miles of the the movie does. Um,
1: I am going to call it now. Uh, So This is a two-part movie. Part one will end after the big, climactic spider fight.
0: With the reveal uh, of the real villain, yeah
1: the reveal of the real villain and or our, our heroes being uh, stuck stranded in a strange world and they'll need to get back to solve, you know, as the villain goes on to, to uh, enact their, their plan.
2: That, I, I think you're also going to see, I think you're also going to see, um, Miles's parents or at least mother be at, put at risk. I think with the, the, more lines that she had in this than the entirety of the first movie Um, I think they're definitely trying to like play up maybe that uh, emotional response and that motherly figure or it's a red herring
0: and his dad's the one who ends up getting it
2: could be we see a picture of him we see a couple member berries of of the dad and they're like Jefferson Davis which
0: is kind of a funny name considering that was the president of the confederacy
2: I got two last names what do you want?
0: Um, so across the Spider Verse, oh, it, and there's a photo here on the uh, Wikipedia page that looks like they're fighting uh, the Spot.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so okay.
0: perhaps he is involved in this uh, in a greater role. Yeah. If there's,
1: a fight, if there's a fight scene, fight choreography with the Spot.
0: Well, well, like the the, the image that the the, the, the steel the still image is pretty neat. Um, I'll see if I can't link it in the chat and I'll then I'll pull it up for the audience. The, um you know you can see Miles is kicking into a portal on the spot and um it's his leg is being redirected to nearly strike Gwen. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm.
2: yeah the uh the the theory crafting that I heard was um that the Spider-Man what, what is his uh the the future Spider-Man yeah 29.9 is running this college of spider-men and for whatever reason miles is not allowed to join um that's uh from that's also directly ripped from like uh the director um
0: so it's a primary source well, i think
2: he, i mean <laughs> not so much theory the but
0: the director saying it
2: so i mean he alluded to like miles not being involved with it um or not being able to for whatever reason. And then that forces him kind of to uh, ally himself with the villain. Um, thinking he's maybe a good guy who can help him in some way. And then um, maybe go against the rest of the spider man Where I think we see that conflict over um, the school. And he has to like break in or something. Um, and then in the end it's it's the whole switcheroo. Where the spot is uh, the actual villain. And, and Miles has to turn
0: well executed i I think that's that's fine um i think it's a little maybe less interesting than some of the other ways you could do like a machinations kind of plot but i have utmost confidence in the team behind this uh the original is amazing um and even if you know the sequel is rarely as good, but even if this is like seventy-five percent as good as Into the Spider-Verse, it will still be an amazing movie.
3: Yeah,
2: yeah. It. I mean, the trailers itself are a joy to watch. So uh, the movie, I think, is going to be fantastic to watch, if regardless any, if the story is mid.
1: Yeah, and if any movie could dodge the uh, the CG the great CGI burnout of of like twenty twenty two. Uh, this would be it yeah this would be the one where they say uh, the animators would be like yeah no I don't care about any of the things I'm working on we I, I like doing the spider verse thing um, it's it's Uh-oh. A, honestly Peter got Thanos r- snapped r- out r- almost a, uh, a benchmark.
2: Um, well, oh, if I have to like pick and choose between a CG because... movie to watch, I would rather watch yeah, Spider Verse so over nice. uh, Avatar: The Way Literally of the Water. Literally anything. Because, <laughs> uh, the the real reviews are coming out. Yeah, I've, <laughs> um, I've seen some the...
0: bad press.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. The uh, the money pit dried up for that, and um... we got him back. Hooey, hooey. It is a. Uh... Concerning, yeah, not concerning. I am, I am so excited for this movie. Oh, I
0: bomb.
2: am, Bomb so fucking.
0: I am, hard. I am ready for Avatar two to just lay a You'll fucking lay egg. Avatar number
1: two, <laughs> the way of the brown water. Yeah,
2: seriously. Um, I maybe, maybe. I mean, we decided we're going to review it, so yeah, I, I will have to give my money to it. But uh, I'm excited to see what the first initial numbers are next week.
0: Yeah, it should be interesting, yes. for sure. Yeah. Alrighty. Um, avoiding dead air as we uh get Is ready to move over here to uh, the follow-up.
1: Where we follow up on our Where movies. we will be following up on following it. Following like up. Like a um, boomerang? Like a cinematic boomerang? The uh, box,
0: box office for the domestic back of the head. weekend... 49 uh covering December 9th through the 11th uh 2022
2: still has the world cup qatar tag I on guess it. that's um,
0: just what they think okay. is affecting yeah. the box office <laughs> Is that your that's How they're explaining it away. Oh, um okay. <laughs> I figured out why we can't hear Peter um Uh, you're not in the call (laughs) you're not in the group call (laughs) apparently i can oh that's why i can't see him i can see him on his thing um one one moment so this will be fun to edit (laughs) um so as we combat that technical issue um we will i'm here i'm loving. yes we got him back. back We snagged him.
1: It's the, it is this the will snow. be very apparently... confusing
0: for anyone watching the video version because his audio was feeding in the entire time. I just couldn't hear it. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: Um, it's the most beautiful of technical difficulties. Uh, it's because of the gigantic winter storm that is blowing into town tonight.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
2: meanwhile, I just got a whole fuck ton of rain. Uh, it's been raining all day. I did not want to get out of bed. The worst feeling in the world. Or maybe the best of some oh, people. Are going to give you a
1: rain day, Jake?
2: Yeah, they almost did. Well, tomorrow I'm staying home. Because <laughs> I have to go drinking at 1.
1: I will say, uh, 3 inches of water is maybe a little scarier than 3 inches of snow. I, yes,
0: I would agree with that <laughs> quite a bit.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah, the water's not sticking. So... <laughs>
0: It's going places, and those places are in your home.
2: <laughs> it, it's not too bad. There was only one leak at at uh, at work today, so, that I saw there was a good old, I, was, I was
0: talking to uh, a coworker approach. of mine uh, who works over in the uh, the cubicle city uh, by the side entrance. And I heard this like sound, and I was like, "What the fuck is that sound?" I look over at the side entrance, and there's a garbage can <laughs> collecting like a pretty steady oh, leak. I'm like, "Oh, that's oh, wonderful yeah. to see."
1: They, God, the buckets are there. The buckets are there for you to you to witness. Um, All right. Well,
0: getting back to the matter at hand.
1: Speaking of speaking of buckets, uh, Black Panther making buckets of money. Well, uh, still,
0: yeah, I guess it's, eleven it's eleven million 11 sure. million dollars in your fifth week isn't terrible, but it's also not like the original Black Panther by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. Um. um let's. It's, oh, I should switch over to that view.
1: <laughs> it's actually oh. a good contrast because um, we'll get to Black Adam. It's it's further down this list. Um, those are those are really the I, the closest comparison we get for some from a, some apples to a, some ass to ass,
0: some atoms uh, to atoms, <laughs> black black yeah, to black,
1: black to black comparison. Um, yeah, because this one uh, it's five weeks still in first, um, and we'll you'll, we'll we'll tell you where Black Adam's got. The
0: seven hundred and seventy one million dollar worldwide gross, almost seven seventy two. Uh, that's kind of disappointing, I gotta imagine, like, uh, it, uh, I think it goes to show, uh, that Chadwick Boseman was a big selling point of the first movie, um, although I think a more reasonable explanation would be the whole fact that this is post-COVID and, uh, it wasn't as good as the first one. (laughs)
1: that's just that's that's the long and short of it or, or i guess just the long of
0: it yeah uh violent Knight maintains second position with an 8.7 million dollar uh weekend
1: yeah i just realized there's been there's like no movement for the top half of the box office this week now
0: it's pretty stable uh condition um although black adam did rise a spot but Strange World holds down number three with a $3.7 million gate. Uh, down 25.6%, so pretty good retention despite losing over 600 theaters. Uh, so far, the worldwide gross on that is $54 million. Can you say Money Loser Kits?
1: Yeah, that's that's not good. I know it it's... I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say about this, just because, like, um, it's it. I don't know when the last time uh, Disney like really knocked it out with with a big CG movie release. Like, Soul was fine. It was it was it was pretty. Yeah, but cool. well, that was but that was
0: like direct like to it. Disney Plus. I think. Right. Uh, Onward was, was also good, but that was a straight to Disney Plus one as well.
1: I have to think it was like Moana. Or Moana was the last, like, big, big one. Yeah,
0: uh, Raya in the Last Dragon made some some decent money. I never saw it; couldn't tell you what it's about. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, Pixar, Pixar in general. I mean, this is, I think, well, at least under Disney. Uh, but Shit. Pixar in general has been a bit of a slump.
2: Yeah, I just checked out the what uh, the, the budget for Strange World is one thirty five to one eighty. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. That's, that's I, I feel that that's super inflated. Like they should not be putting that. Oh, I animation's, animation's very expensive.
0: expensive. Like you can't no, cheaply like, know, make it you shorter. can't cheaply do an animated movie. You could cheaply do a live action movie.
1: Yeah. Mm. Um. So then. looking at the Pixar releases, the last whole set we have, for, going backwards in time, we have uh, Lightyear. Oof. Uh, Turning red.
0: Uh, that got a lot I, of positive like, reviews, but I think that was a straight yes. to Disney Plus
1: movie. Mm, uh, Luca.
0: Yeah, that was kind of mid.
1: Uh, Soul. Oh, and
0: Kanto Onward. was probably the last really big one.
1: Um, I don't think that's what Kanto Pixar. Did... Okay, but I, I that is the last like Disney CGI movie that I feel like was the you could call it, like a hit like that. Uh, yeah, Pixar did Onward, Toy Story four. Incredibles two and then like Coco, which was like twenty seventeen. Yeah.
0: Well Incredibles two was good.
1: And then and then they're coming out with okay. Elemental. So it's gonna in it's in June twenty three. So um we're gonna get we're gonna watch we're gonna get <laughs> Spider Verse and then you get you're gonna get I I wanna be called Moist and I think that's okay to say. <laughs>
2: and uh and inside out 2 we're also going to get eventually which is i mean i thought inside Elemental out 1 was fun so
0: like, reminiscent of inside out already
2: yeah <laughs> i don't know just like the the whole the whole primary color monocolor um little animated figures like that's the, the essence of what it is and then probably like the feelings with what they're made out of i don't know It seems like it's going to be a similar type story, just with different plot I do have a feeling
0: that Elemental is going to be very similar in that, like, all the different types of people have similar personalities that are probably, like, dominated by a singular uh, common trait. I feel
3: Mm
2: -hmm. like they're trying to appease more to, like, the Disney adults that are like, I want something aesthetic and I want something with meaning over like i don't know fucking superhero family or talking cars like but i feel like funnily older... enough
0: those movies had more depth and complexity than any of the more recent drivel <laughs>
2: well yeah because i think they just took them so- they didn't take themselves too seriously they could focus a little bit on the the story and the character development and you know, I, I mean, feel
0: yeah. like if you make a quality I mean, movie, whew, no matter what the premise is, people are going to want to watch it.
2: Yeah. I mean, look at Bugs Life.
0: Look at Ants.
2: Made on the budget of 45000 or $45 million. I think million. Bugs Life
0: and Ants yeah. are a good uh, like illustration of that, where yeah. the concept is the same, but one movie was like focused on and uh, a labor of love and the other was ants
1: (laughs) one was based on uh, Seven Samurai a really landmark and uh, classic (laughs) film the other was like Starship
0: Troopers which
1: while not a bad bad source material
0: yeah it's Starship Troopers if Starship Troopers wasn't a tongue in cheek lampooning of fascism yeah (laughs) Um, uh, the the menu is in fourth. The, the menu. Uh, two point seven million dollars, down a hundred theaters. Uh, Devotion is in fifth, two point o two seven million dollars. So that's that's had a a bit more money coming its way, but still only eighteen and a half million dollars worldwide. Man, I am one of very few people who see this movie.
1: I can't, like,
0: I can't... I, I, it's a better movie than that, but at the same time, I can't sit here and say, oh, yeah, run out to the theater and see Devotion. Because, like, it's it's good, but it's not a movie that you have to see. It's not going to change your life.
1: It's not a not taste sensation.
0: Although I will say, if they ever need to recast Captain America, the, uh... The guy who played the uh, lieutenant would be an excellent choice.
1: Okay. Um, speaking – oh, were you talking about devotion? Yes. Oh, okay. I thought we were still talking about the menu. No. <laughs> Man, that, the hero you really, uh. who ate that food.
0: Well, not a lot of food is it in the menu. I'll say that much.
1: Interesting. Um, now we're in the bottom half here, and <laughs> at the top of the bottom half we have Black Adam.
0: Yes, one point three two eight million dollars.
1: And it's the uh, the gap between our superhero movies is is quite wide here. About ten mil. Yep. Um, I guess this is a good place to put this um, The big news this week was that uh, James Gunn is like rebooting Superman and Henry Cavill was not invited back
0: yeah um, I guess the studio my understanding is the studio told him they wanted him back as Superman and then then he filmed his cameo for Black Adam and then they gave James Gunn the keys to the kingdom creatively and he was like, mm-hmm. actually I want to reboot and do a young Superman. And Henry Cavill was like, well, that sucks. <laughs> I was looking forward to doing Superman again.
3: Doing like hmm.
1: a lighthearted thing. Cause you know, Henry Cavill is, he's got good, uh, you know, lighthearted banter chops and comedy chops.
0: Does he? I feel
2: like. The v- the vibes on Twitter I've never were... I've really seen him do uh, anything
0: like that, so I can't really say.
2: The The, the vibes on Twitter were, were uh, him coming back or coming to do Captain Britain.
0: Yeah, a lot of people were like, ooh, what MCU characters are you going to play now? Um, Which wait.
2: I think would be an interesting move. Um, if he wants also, to do I've it... I've seen him in a lot of serious like,
0: stuff. I don't know if I'm an actor... I really want to get involved with the MCU right now mm-hmm. um, unless I'm like young because they're going to make it sign a ridiculous multi-picture deal. You're going to be doing it for the next long while and you're not going to have a lot of time to do much else because you're going to have to be on standby to film whatever holiday special they fucking wake up from a coke dream and need to shoot <laughs> immediately.
2: well thing is i don't know what henry cavill's really in um i mean he he was in the witcher for he's not in the witcher unless he unless he somehow reconciles with the writers on the witcher um i don't
0: see that happening. he
2: walked off of that
0: well he's he was he's been sherlock in the enola holmes movies he's he can get roles he'll get roles he's not gonna be hurting for work I can tell you that right now. It might not be superhero related work, or maybe he does like in, I don't want to say like independent superhero movies, but like if they make a movie about, you know, like another Dark Horse Comics character or something, maybe he does something with that, or he just does this of, future sci-fi stuff.
1: Yeah, I saw a lot of people going like he should be the, uh, they should do the Horace Heresy movie, the four, uh, Warhammer 40k um, and he can be the god emperor
0: yeah sure yeah you know what I think he'd be kind of oh. interesting um in like a sony movie um I think he'd be an interesting pick for mr sinister uh,
1: I'm trying to huh? i'm i'm drawing a blank uh, oh okay
0: I'd I'd be interested to see him do a, a villain role.
1: Hmm. I I think he pulled off pretty good.
2: Wasn't he um the villain in Mission Impossible Fallout?
0: Um, I don't know. I've never seen a Mission Impossible movie.
2: <laughs> I haven't either, but I thought I remember him. The man from Uncle. Yeah. Yes, he wasn't. He was in the Man from Muckle. Wasn't was he thinking, also uh, in Tinker Tailor Soldier
0: Spy? Or is that am uh, I am I mistaking him for something else?
2: I was thinking he should be the new James Bond.
0: Yeah, there's been a lot of talk of that too. I don't know where that stands. I, I don't think he's the. I was going to say I don't think he's the right body type
4: for James Bond,
0: but. That's that's a pretty minor complaint. Bulk, bulk and bond. Yeah,
2: yeah, he doesn't have the feet for it.
1: <laughs> ah, protein think... martini, shaken, <laughs> stirred. <laughs> ha- I'll have a creatine. <laughs> S-
2: stealthy. No, I'm just gonna blow shit up with my Rambo. rocket launcher. I'm the American James Bond. You know, we
0: secretly watched a a James Bond movie for the feature this week. That's
1: true.
0: Um, I I believe that now more than ever. We'll we'll get into that uh, during the review segment. Um, In seventh, The Fablements, uh, which has an 8.0 on IMDb. So apparently this movie is actually pretty good, despite Mm -hmm. the fact that it's making zero money. And it's made so, hot, oh, made, made less than eight million dollars worldwide in five weeks.
1: With with like the slowest rollout because it's what it, now it says it's been here for five weeks. Yeah. And it's only in it's less than a thousand theaters, and that's going up. Yes. Like I've we've seen slow rollouts, and this is like beyond that.
0: There there must be some reason that studios do them. That's all I'll say about it.
2: Like I was gonna say, the whale's doing its like, like slow rollout for the whale, and uh, I mean it's technically out now, but it's good luck seeing it (laughs)
0: unless you live in like New York City or Los Angeles.
2: I just checked showtimes for AMC and Cinemark, and starting the twentieth. Um, December 20th, it's it has multiple show times and multiple theaters, well,
0: yeah. All would, me. Uh, that's probably its mm. wide release date,
1: yeah. I will say, I don't know what the the uh details of uh the theaters it was in are whether a theater might count as like a film, like a festival kind of showing. I, I don't know about that, but like it's not in the top 10, so we're not going to talk about this in the top 10. But um, it made a 60,000 per theater take (laughs) off of the six theaters it was in. I don't know how you get to those numbers unless it was like a festival stadium or some shit
0: like that. So at six theaters, that really feels like premiere numbers. So it could have been like, you know, a, a... Several fa- hundred dollars a head, sort of like fancy event, Delia Bob. Mm-hmm.
1: And it does. This is in the blue estimated, um, yeah. Column. So let me see. Uh, the whale premiere showing. Uh. Okay. So. Okay. So it debuted it in the Venice. Film Fest International Film Festival in September. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's not. It doesn't really say a lot about. I guess the, people have
0: uh, been able to watch it for a while. Um, I do remember reading uh, part of a review. I stopped. I I didn't get much past the sub headline because I don't want to be spoiled for it. But um, I think the headline was yes. Brandon Fraser deserves an Oscar for his role in the whale, but the movie itself is a bit of a mess. So we'll, we'll see how that bears out. Uh, when we uh, get a chance as as to I watch it. Yeah. I mean, Hey, i I've, I've watched a lot worse movies cause Brendan Frazier's been, <laughs> there was a baseball yep. movie, Which with Brandon Brendan Frazier in it. It was not very good, but it, this was the early days of Netflix. <laughs> That's
1: true. You, just, you had to get what was on there. Um, I, which reminds me I do it I need to catch up on my Doom patrol.
0: Yeah, I I think the last episode okay. I watched was the one with the fucking Nazi puppet show and I was like this show is peaked. I don't think we're going to get any better than that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, I probably stopped watching right around when the whole the whole DC the DC universe fucking collapsed in on itself because i was watching shit on there
0: oh i i, I use that more than any other thing between reading the comics and watching all the shows on there
1: yeah um because they i guess there's a new season of harley quinn out too so
2: oh yeah that's right is it is it completely out
1: i gotta i guess i gotta guess, guess i gotta get back in on that shit i think they were um,
2: coming out um episodically or a weekly. My,
1: uh... right, I gotta go spend some hours watching it. Like number eight, release the Met Opera, the Hours. Um, it's a Fathom event, so it yep. <laughs> had, had like one week release. It's the Met Opera. It's a it's Christmas and it's I opera, don't I'm sure.
0: I assume the Hours is the name of the play, or opera. But yeah. uh, no information really to be plundered from the uh, the page here on Box Let's Office see. Mojo.
1: What is what is the opera? What is the hours about? Uh,
0: I heard the bales falls three spots from sixth to ninth, um, down sixty two point seven percent, despite opening in one hundred twenty two additional theaters. Good enough for seven hundred fifty two thousand dollars. I will talk mm-hmm. slowly to buy Peter time. Um,
1: for for which? The um, hours. The hours. Yeah. Oh yeah, so the so- the story is about a single day in the lives of three women: book editor Clarissa Vaughan in New York's West Village in 1999, novelist Virginia Woolf in Richmond, England in 1923, and housewife and mother Laura Brown in Los Angeles in 1949.
0: Okay. Thrilling, I'm sure. Um <laughs>
1: High art. Hot
0: Coucher. Spoiler alert. Hot Couture. Uh, Releases wide and jumps 11 spots um, to be number 10 on the list this week. $679,000. Up 719%. And um, it's only made $966,000 worldwide so far. Uh, the big question is... Can it be the most successful gay rom com of all time? Um, will it? Beat, it just has to uh, beat out Bros. I think
1: Bros. I was it, like, it's not the and boys. Bros. Did
0: not make money. <laughs> no,
1: no, it did not. Um, I will. So now we're in the man. the The under the undercard here is is quite. <laughs>
0: Quite so we've, this at this point in time, as, as Peter mentioned, there hasn't been a lot of shake-up up at the top of the box office. And we've kind of covered, uh, in one form or another, most of the movies up there. But in the undercard here, we have some things that, that were kind of interesting. Of course, we had The Whale, a movie that we're all looking mm-hmm. forward to seeing. Yep. We have Top Gun Maverick, the re-release back from from the dead, yeah, or or never went nowhere because it's still counting twenty (laughs) nine weeks.
1: (laughs) Even though it was nowhere last
0: week, (laughs)
1: it's just the power of Tom Cruise. Um, it went went to Sea Org, Um, and
0: uh, yeah, the Mean One, which is a a a movie that I'm sure will find itself in the spotlight sooner or later. Um. mm -hmm. But then there was there was this one movie that we had the spotlight because it has the most ridiculous title I've ever seen. And if you've followed the show for any period of time, you know that I love me a good ridiculous title. And so for this week's spotlight film, we are taking a look at Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.01, Thrice Upon a Time, which opened in 16th. To a three hundred and twenty thousand dollar gate uh across seven hundred and twenty-six theaters. But more importantly, it landed in the hearts and minds of several dedicated
1: rabid reviewers.
0: IMDB user reviewers. Uh people with the kind of heart and courage to shout into the void their opinions on movies. With no concern for uh spelling, grammar, sentence structure, or even coaching thought. Um and that's
1: it's just a it's just a raw meteor of of literary of uh cinematic reviewing.
0: And it's a powerful force.
1: Sometimes for, for paragraphs on it
0: and we we intend to harness it on this day. Um
1: <laughs> It's it's the reviewer instrumentality project.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm sure that's an Evangelion reference, reference that I don't understand. Hell yeah. Um, yep. <laughs> last 1990. I saw Alex Jones give a breakdown of the plot of the Evangelion.
1: <laughs> and he was he was fucking right on the money,
0: baby. Uh, from nicolast 1990, who may or may not be Alex Jones. Um, Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.01. Thrice upon a time. An evolution of Eva. Mm,
4: I love this movie. Eva 3 plus 1 and the whole rebuild series is complementary to the original series. If you're going into this movie hoping to find it's a parallel universe to the original series, or if it's a time loop, crazy mech, mech action, a romance drama, or anything of that nature, you will be approaching this series in a way that will leave you dissatisfied. This is a psychological slash meta-commentary, it's experimental, it revels in its babble and self-indulgence, and that's what I love about it. It examines itself, it's exploring themes around the series, fans of the series, the creator, and what the series means to all of the above. The Rebuild series takes the messages and ideas of the original series and takes a step forward. And this final movie is where that is cemented. If you liked the last two episodes of NGA and could appreciate what they were trying to do, there might be something here for you. 50 out of 85 found that helpful. Reminder. (coughs) He scored a 10 out of 10.
0: He's like, if you like the other ones, maybe there's something here for you. It was a very tepid ten out of ten review, but it was just dripping with pretension, which is something you don't see a lot of in these anime movie reviews, because the people who watch anime typically aren't sophisticated enough to have delusions of pretentiousness.
1: That's that's the
0: that's the mark of Eva, baby. It's, it's the mark high of the beast.
2: Oh, it's so I, I did find, um unrelated to this, I did find out where one of the um, the whale showings was on December 9th. Uh, that was the Alamo Draft House, but $18 a ticket, no point did I see anywhere where they inflated it for like opening night. They probably could, but the theater looked kind of small, so I don't even know.
1: My favorite part about uh, the Alamo Draft House is how they... Get really snooty about no talking in the theater and no sound but then there's a dude who like walks in front of you to take your order and like is talking to you as you hand him your you know order and then he gives you a giant fucking like milkshake and a burger that you slurp up with your with your straw um so that's not making any sound and it's really preserving the the cinema experience while you're eating a personal pan pizza i think alamo
0: draft house has a couple locations now don't they yeah, uh, yeah,
1: I went. I went to the one in Denver.
0: Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, so. the original was in uh, San Antonio, I believe, by the Alamo. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I remember it. Um, so, should I do the uh, should I do the racist <laughs> one first?
0: You never don't. Get... <laughs> so why break? With hey, tradition I mean, the now? only reason.
2: <laughs> I mean, the only thing that'd be racist about it would be the voice that I do. My, I put okay. on my best Japanese hmm. English okay. accent, so it'd be more telling to me than the reviewer.
0: Well, you see, I was gonna
1: say usually, usually we could leave, we let the we let the reviewers be the biggest. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, uh, this isn't. Jake, I'm not gonna you know like, what? It's it's your decision. Oh, Satoshi Nagasaki you want to get like, canceled? Gonna...
1: KJ, okay, you can put on the giant rice hat and your, and your kimono. <laughs>
0: don't okay i saw you going for your eyes and i was like don't fucking
1: <laughs> Jake's about to...
2: i'm just scratching the corners of my eyes guys um one out of ten
0: just to... a lot of a lot what of build up doing? here jake
2: <laughs> this review is from a japanese eva fan
0: all right. it's kind of, it's, not bad, it's, 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 I mean, not it's, it's a little tasteful so far.
1: I
2: um, But his name uh, on the account, Charlie Macarage? Macarage, I don't know. Warning, spoilers. Sorry for my bad English. I'm not going to do the you, whole You just kind of sound LHR, like you're you know,
0: doing an impression can... of sad Yoshi, the Game Grumps bit. <laughs> like, or sad, sad, sad Yoshi Hoshi, rather.
1: A really bad. um, uh, Who was? Who was? Who was? George Takei. George
0: Takei. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Oh my!
1: George Takei
0: impression.
2: (laughs) I can't. I can't do that. This is exactly
0: what happened in San Antonio.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry for my bad English, but I want to say something about this movie. This movie is terrible, especially its bad ending. Remember that Mari was a friend of Shinji's parents. Of course. Shinji with Mari ending is nonsense. If you want to know more about this movie, just read other reviews. Okay, then why <laughs> so am I reading yours? He's
0: outsourcing it.
2: <laughs> I suppose some of some or many. Of them are from Japanese EVA fans who already watched this movie before the international release. I found a term, quote, bad end, instead of, quote, bad ending in a review. Happy bad end is a typical mistake of the Japanese because we use the term in our daily conversation. In fact, this film caused significant division on Japanese EVA fandom. 39. All right.
0: Well, we know we did glean something from that. Uh, This apparently is a controversial film amongst the Japanese Evangelion fan base. I
1: I guess. Um, Before I do my, I want to give a shout out to this, this like 30 paragraph review, which I'm not going to do. Um, you can read we, it on
0: your own time
1: read on your own time but i will give you the title because it's the best title of a review i think we've ever had on this show uh, there's um aside from of uh, that beautiful span there's title.
0: there's a lot of the span there's the span title about andrew jackson there's how far would you go to be famous or how far would would go to be famous would you kill for it um
1: and uh and some heavy headers from, I'll just read the title from Joe John eight two one eight eight four two five one. I feel like I'm just doxing him by reading his name out there. But uh five out of ten, if you've ever watched the original series and EOE, the seven point five hours comprising these four movies may leave you disappointed. Oh
0: shit. Okay, yes, that is the greatest title. <laughs> I didn't realize that was the title. I thought that was in the body.
1: Yeah, it was just the titles <laughs> the, the review goes on for I like an actual paragraph count here is there's there's a preamble to this review so that's one two three four five six seven and a conclusion paragraph like there's a footnote <laughs> in this review like giving you context on the reviewer's life
0: he had to put his references in mla style
1: <laughs> like good god um instead we're gonna review we're gonna get uh. Gret Thoms, 6 out of 10 review. Uh, This can't be happening. Oh my god, I can't believe this. After all, the wait is what it ended up. Let's summarize all, because I didn't like, in the slightest, most of the story, as well as 3D, but the 2D was good. So most of the movie is based on a message of growing up touching grass, stop (laughs) fantasizing a fantastic world, and you as a person will be love unconditionally? Because that's what I've got. So in a 120-min film, this MC ends up delivering all of this to the others before disappearing, so later he could refute the premise by resetting the world into an utopia? Man, I can't with this anymore. I don't know why this was claimed as either the best ending or at least doing these movie a favor of being tagged underrated jewel when it actually makes them more complicated and unnecessary than they already are. Gosh, I hope everything ended in EOE, but it seems far from being the end at this point.
0: There's a, there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, the highlights I want to, I want to shine, shine a light on here are the, uh, Un- Undercovered jewel instead of underrated gem. Um, yeah, it's the fact that the idea of going out and touching grass is very abhorrent to this weeb.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I will never touch grass. Never. It's just it's it's one of those classic.
0: Deliries. It is. I mean, that's that's quite good. Um, just like Ali Hamza Dash Re. It's, it's what it, what his username is. All
1: right. uh, Prince Ali, yes, it is he.
0: Mighty is he, Ali Baba, um, <clears throat> Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.01. Thrice upon a time, third ending. As long as a long time Evangelion fan, this movie has the best ending beside the first two. It make
4: more sense and a right way to end the series. Uh, if you watch the original series, Rebuild Evangelion follow a total different path from the original, but still remain true to what Evangelion is about, it's worth a watch and brings so many emotion in me after I finish this movie.
0: for 29. Oh, I did not dress that up <laughs> or editorialize it anyway. Just- that is the text as written. <laughs>
1: That is, that is how these reviews are. Like mm-hmm. they are not bogged down by the rules of English syntax.
0: Um, yeah, just so, random, um, no s- commas in uh, that yeah, list there, period. and just random periods, just popping them in there where they felt like it.
2: I'm going to um, spare you the ten paragraph. Aww. Yeah. A
1: man after my own heart.
2: They were chunky paragraphs too. I don't, was
0: it I don't feel Ferguson like reading that 6? much.
4: <laughs> no, it was not. Oh god!
2: If, if it was, if it was, you know.
0: I just want to see him like pop up in uh, some crazy shit, like fucking Birth of a Nation.
1: <laughs> like whoa, greetings again from the Ferguson Six.
0: I didn't know that about you, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, from I guess darkness. with the name Ferguson, I kind of <laughs> probably guessed that's a topical joke from 2014 everybody <laughs>
1: hey from downtown
2: we love it we love to see it um but what we also love to see is everybody be high
0: one out of ten this is my one hitter
2: <laughs> Fibulator, Fibulator 777 says is everyone high
0: what Just right, is his name Fibulator? that's so I guess the yeah. the the defibrillator suggests the presence and existence of a fibulator And today we have found that fibulator.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Is everyone high? This was gut-wrenchingly bad. This is horrible. It makes no sense. Starts out with dozens of people screaming gibberish for 10 yeah, that's minutes. is called dot, Japanese. Dot, dot. <laughs> then almost an hour of Shinji sulking. I kid you not, dot, dot, dot. Almost an hour of a 2.5 hour film. This movie's Ishinji two and a half hours? Nothing. But curled up in a ball. Yes, <laughs> 2.5 hours. That. I dedicated me and my waifu to. Then more people were screaming gibberish. Dot, dot, dot. Then insanity breaks loose. And just wave after vomit-inducing wave of nonsense. They go from fighting a 1,000-foot-tall robots in space. Dot, dot, dot. To someplace else. (laughs) Dot, dot, dot to a, asterisk, <laughs> inside, asterisk, a train, dot, 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 He thinks he's in an anime when writing this. To a movie studio. This all happens in a span of about 10 seconds. Dot, dot, dot. Then there's an entire planet of naked, headless women mannequins dot, 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 that are flying Then they start playing joy to the world while driving a moon-sized needle into a planet-sized eyeball of decapitated head. And it goes further off a cliff from there. But I just had to turn it off. It has to be the stupidest things I've ever seen. How in the world can anyone consider this travesty of garbage as good? I figure the only way is they are so high that they just like pretty lights. If you're looking for a plot, you won't find one anywhere in the series if you're looking for coherent dialogue. Nope, you get shiny fights that also make no sense. You can tell your creator of this series had some fetish for crosses, oceans of blood, and torturing teenagers. There's no reason a mech would need its pilot to feel horrific pain. Someone didn't watch Pacific Rim. That's a design choice.
0: Um, Yeah, my main question. 35. 35 Now, I have a couple of comments after this one. Um. Has this guy ever seen an anime, or specifically Evangelion? Because cause everything he says there seems pretty standard for Evangelion. Correct me if I'm wrong, Peter.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's, uh, yeah, the the blood, the crosses, the giant needles. Yeah, that's all in there.
0: Yeah. It's
1: fucking space shit.
2: Yeah, I've never seen it, and I know that.
0: I mean, uh, Alex uh, Jones tells me that that seems pretty crazy. normal.
1: Literally the end of the, the first end of Evangelion movie is like Shinji like busting a load on his like dead friend. I
0: do love the fact that uh, <laughs> the phrase the first end of Evangelion movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah. is is something that can be said.
1: You know, it's the end, and then there's four more, and that, and then it's somehow angry that he's going to do more spinoffs of this, even though this is, like, one of the fo- most fucking merchandised prop anime properties out there. Whatever. Um, because we got this last one. It's a 6 out of 10. Uh, I'm actually, I didn't want to do this one because it had spoilers, but I don't care. I think this one is, it's an important contrast here.
0: Oh, no, we'll upset all uh, of our anime yeah. fan audience.
1: Sorry, boys. <laughs> guys and gals, uh, from uh, Garabedian123. A bit of a letdown. So, uh, I'm new to the series. I was forced to watch the anime, but then I started to really like it. So, I finished the anime twice, and still had questions. And mistakenly thought that these movies would hold answers. (laughs) Nothing is answered at all. This is just a giant mess of random crap. I was expecting more. That... That Rick and Morty episode made me think this was going to be amazing, but most of it was spent doing more of the same. And what the fuck is with the ending? Why did he walk away with the new girl and not with Asuka? That almost ruined the movie for me. So Shinji keeps rejecting human instrumentality, and his father keeps setting it back up to be with Yui, but we never spend any time as instrumentality. We don't see what shapes their minds while in that state, and it's the one thing missing from this show. A brief throwaway line, we have been here many times before, is all we get is an explanation. That was that was a bit lame. I regret watching the movies now. They do not add anything to the story. I should have stopped after the anime, which was better? <laughs> 51 out of
0: seventy. I gotta say that I fucking love the creative choice. <laughs> To read that as just like a deadpan normal white guy <laughs> who's watched Ooh. anime for the first time, <laughs> just just dryly it's recounting the mess. events of the movie, <laughs> and it makes him sound insane because it's fucking anime, and whole anime is goddamn bad shit. It's
1: just a giant mess of random. It's just
0: a giant mess, of, like that. I need to buy that guy a beer. That man is my spirit animal. <laughs>
1: Caribbean one two three. Oh, hats
0: email, off! Email uh, us saturnstuds at gmail.com. Let me PayPal you beer money. <laughs> I, I I swear to God, if you email saturnstuds at gmail.com, if this somehow finds you, I will PayPal you fifteen bucks to go get yourself a six pack.
1: <laughs> oh, that's the that's the that's the spotlight, kids.
0: Yep, and that that concludes the follow up. We'll talk now uh gaming news and I'll begin this week uh with my promised review of Spider-Man Miles Morales. Um Spider-Man Miles Morales is a kind of uh interstitial sequel. It is what um in the golden era of PC games would have been uh marketed and sold as an expansion similar to uh, like a Half-Life Blue Shift or Opposing Force. But on the quality spectrum, I would say this is much closer to an Opposing Force than a Blue Shift. Um, There is a fair amount of content in the game. It is much shorter than the original Spider-Man. I finished both Marvel Spider-Man Remastered and Miles Morales uh, with a fairly complete, uh, but not like completionist run, where I finished with, I think... Exactly eighty four percent completion after finishing the main story in both games, and mm-hmm. it took me about fourteen hours for Miles Morales. It took me about thirty six hours for Marvel Spider Man Remastered. So it's about a third as long. Um, but there is a lot of stuff to do in the open world. Still, it's it's nice. It's still the same beautifully rendered uh, Manhattan. Uh, from the original one, and the uh, traversal mechanics still feel as amazing. It's still one of my favorite things to do in gaming. If I only have like 45 minutes to unwind and play a video game, instead of doing something productive with that time, I will just load up Miles Morales or Spider-Man Remastered and swing around the city for that 45 minutes because it's just so damn fun. Um, There is a good deal of reskin content in terms of activities in the open overworld uh which isn't surprising considering the timeline of development on this game um it really feels like this is something they had to crank out to ha- for the ps5 to have a launch title uh while they were working on spider-man 2. um and it does kind of lead an in interesting uh what spider-man 2 is going to look like in terms of how they balance having the two Spider-Men in it because uh, this game does evolve on the combat mechanics of Spider-Man in a, I feel, meaningful way. Uh, Miles, as everyone here knows, has uh, powers that the original Spider-Man does not. uh, The ability to cloak and to uh, use Venom Strike bioelectricity, which are integrated into their own skill trees in this game, and they're a lot of fun to play around with. I did find myself using Venom a lot more than I used the camouflaging because the camouflage was less useful for the stealth missions than you would think because if you did a silent takedown while cloaked, you would uncloak immediately afterwards, Uh, which even if you had... Well, so like if you invest a lot into the cloaking tree, you can kind of get around that a little bit, but... Um, there are so fewer stealth sections and you don't need the cloaking at all to do them that I found it more prudent to invest my skill points in the Venom Tree, uh, which dramatically altered your combo routes um, for the combat. And I do feel like the combat in Miles Morales is better overall than the combat in Spider-Man Remastered. Um, so it's nice to see that even in a kind of uh, smaller project they were able to make meaningful advancements in the gameplay loop the story is okay it lifts a lot of story beats um from spider-man remastered in a kind of face level uh sense where you know protagonist has a person they're close with who turns out to be a villain and they got to stop the villain, and there's some moral countries there. Um, it doesn't break any new ground, but the same could be said f- for the uh, Spider-Man Remastered story, and I still found that to be good. This one it's is more passable. Uh, Miles' characterization is fairly similar to what it is in Spider-Verse. Um, it is a logical progression of uh, how he's portrayed in Spider-Man Remastered, but he's not in that game a whole lot, so... Um, it's not quite the same as he is in, in Spider Verse in terms of uh I, I want to say like the boyish charm and the like obliviousness, but um it he's not grating at all. He's not quite as entertaining to uh experience life through as uh Peter Parker was in Spider Man Remastered. Okay. But uh it's definitely not like a detriment. Um, and I did enjoy some of his character moments and some of the unique to Miles Morales missions. Like there's a series of mission that you get from the Prowler, who, as we all know, is uh, Miles's uncle. And uh, it's where he and his dad were uh, working on an album. They were going to drop the hottest mixtape of 1986, oh. and they were using sounds of the city, uh, samples of sounds of the city, as the beats. And so you have to go to like 10 locations and track down the sources of sounds. And, you know, you get audio logs from the Prowler explaining, you know, how the relationship between he and Miles' father uh, went a little south. And that's like really great character stuff. And, uh, because right, I don't even think
1: we get that in, like, we don't get that explicitly in Spider-Verse.
0: No, uh, the, the relationship between them isn't super explored. And, uh, I hate to say it, but, Uncle Aaron's only role in that in Spider Verse is to be the Uncle Ben stand-in as the Uncle father figure who gets got. Um, but it, I I did enjoy those missions. The missions themselves aren't uh, super unique or anything, but it is it was cool to get that backstory and and they do a great job with the world building. Same as the original Spider Man, uh, picking up the time capsules. Uh, much like picking up the backpacks for, in Spider-Man Remastered, you know it's a lot of fun to just go and listen to the audio logs, and you know soak up all the lore for this this version of of the Spider-Man universe. Um, so the story's a lot shorter. Um, the open world has about this a little less to do, but still plenty of activities. Um, it it's great. As from a gameplay perspective, you're getting a lot of value in the package, but it is a lot less stuff in general than Spider-Man Remastered. It's all good stuff, but it's less stuff. And if this game were uh, $29.99, that'd be perfectly okay. Unfortunately, they sell it for $49.99. Um, I don't think it's worth buying at that price. I would wait for a sale. Um, 40 bucks is kind of where I would say the break-even point would be, but anything below 35 snatch it up immediately. Um, it runs a little bit better um, than Spider-Man Remastered from a frame rate perspective, but I did have a lot more crashes with Miles Morales. I never really had any stability issues with uh, Spider-Man Remastered, but I did have issues even after... Updating to the Miles Morales game-ready driver on my uh on my system, I had quite a few crashes, but um, mm-hmm. still a great game. Just uh, a shorter experience. Um, I would say if you're if you're wondering, um, is it worth it to pay the extra ten bucks for Spider-Man Remastered? Uh, if you want the Spider-Man experience, I would say yes. Um, I would. If you had to pick one, I would say go for the the more full fledged experience, even if it's a little more expensive. Excellent. Yep. All right, let's uh, uh, let's let's, let's get on to the headlines. Uh, we already talked about the Henry Cavill stuff. Uh, G Fuel announces a poo flavored drink based on uh, the Great Mighty Poo the greatest video game boss ever created from 2001's Conker's Bad Fur Day. Uh,
2: I wonder if they worked with uh, Nathan for You <laughs> to get the to get the flavor profile.
0: Um, a Conker's Bad Fur Day gamer drink was not on my 2022 bingo card, but uh life finds a way, as they said in my favorite movie Saving Private Ryan. Um
1: I don't know, so I don't know what the what are they what the poo flavor I don't
0: think it's poo flavored. I think it's just poo okay. themed. Um, okay. Actually, it is Nathan from you. <laughs> G Fuel is literally marketing a shit themed drink from a game that's over two decades old. Oh, wait. No, I'm sorry. No, this isn't another curlingly cringe skit from Nathan for you. This is a real actual thing that exists. Thankfully, the drink itself won't taste like excrement unless you don't like G Fuel. But it's a tropical corn soda. this is right up your alley, Peter,
1: oh my fucking god you absolutely I'm sucking these down. It's going right next to my i'm put I'm gonna get it right after I drink a nice melon creamy soda uh that was that was the unofficial in between week rabbit hole that we yeah. did um, was Kurt and I went down the rabbit hole of like weird Japanese soda and just
0: like general weird shit you'd find at an Asian supermarket, like flavored milk drink.
1: Yep. Um, flavored. Soup.
0: Um, yeah.
1: I'm going to, which reminds me, I need like to that. order. I might need to order myself some jolt for the, for Christmas break. <laughs> I love the, I, I, we talked about this before. We, that's a, that's a whole we've already went down, but I will say that I do appreciate going back to it and seeing their slogan. All the sugar, twice the caffeine. <laughs> just absolutely shameless.
0: Um right now you can join a wait list for the sixty dollar collector's box, which is due to ship sometime in April. Um what comes in the collector's box?
1: Uh it looks like you get a U twos, which is definitely not just another type of Funko pop. Um, but you get the great mighty poo and this is not, this is like not what the great mighty poo looks like. Like he doesn't, he's not green. Like he doesn't have like weird green slime. And these aren't corn chunks as his teeth. What is this thing? This is not, this is just straight, not the great mighty poo. This is like some weird Chinese. So it's not
0: just the fact that the boss is literally a pile of shit. It's that it's an opera singing pile of shit. Oh,
3: shit. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, I like on the can, you can you have the, uh, on the bottom it says energy and it says the corn. Focus is the money. Endurance is like milk. <laughs> and then reaction is just, the. it's just a fucking poo with, <laughs> with corn in it.
2: Yeah, why? Yeah, why did they not use the original Great Mighty Poo? It says, "Why yeah, does it say forty have... servings?" What the?
1: Because
0: it's a big. It's not like the G Fuel you buy at oh, the store. It's, it's the powder. Right. It's the fucking pre-workout. It's Pull a like, Brinkley, pack a lip.
1: Fucking, it's just fucking Dulcilax or some <laughs> yeah. shit. Well, I
2: guess it's close. A
0: little um, bit. yeah. Sonic Front sonic frontiers has sold 2.5 million copies i'm still working my way through it i'm on the second island the game is a lot longer than i originally anticipated (laughs) so uh i'll i'll have my review for that when i'm done but 2.5 million copies that's a nice it's a nice figure right there so good for it i i do i will i will give a sneak peek I, i do enjoy it i think it's a uh a nice new direction to take the franchise in, if they can dial in a bit better. I think it it has has legs. Um.
1: Yeah, it's got got a real set of getaways. Yeah,
0: it's
1: got some games. The
0: new Tomb Raider game will be published by Amazon Embracer Group, which now owns Crystal Dynamics. Uh, is a front in the money for it, I guess. But Amazon Games will uh, handle the publishing duties.
1: Oh, good. Laura Croft returns to the Amazon.
0: <laughs> Back in April, Crystal Dynamics announced that it's working on a new Tomb Raider game using the Unreal Five engine or Unreal Engine Five. Um, so that should be interesting. I think that would be the first major release uh, with Unreal Five in it. Uh, speaking of Unreal, Epic is delisting. Most of the Unreal games, um, so that kind of sucks if you're a fan of digital presentation pre- preservation. A lot of the Unreal tournaments, a lot of the Unreal games, like Unreal Goal isn't going anywhere. Unreal 2 also isn't going anywhere. And I think uh, there are quite a few Unreal tournament games that also aren't being axed. But the one that everyone's really upset about is Unreal Tournament 99 because a lot of hardcore people consider that to be the best Unreal Tournament. And uh, it had a very active player base still despite coming out in, you know, 1999. But got to free up the server space for the next Fortnite (laughs) expansion. shop up and yeah. uh, The Federal Trade Commission has moved to block Microsoft's takeover of Activision Blizzard, citing concerns that the deal would thwart competition by denying rivals access to popular gaming content. Uh, this was one that I I said from the beginning uh, faced an uphill battle in terms of gaining regulatory approval. Um, had Microsoft not already acquired ZeniMax... I feel like this probably would have gone through, but buying up another major publisher so soon after—I th- I think definitely raised some red flags for the FTC. A, a smidge too greedy, there. Yeah. So,
1: um, I'll bring it up because Jake's not going to bring it up. Well, he would, but I don't know. He's he he's he's currently mourning, or he's. he's I can definitely he Jake. I know that you are concerned. You're just in shambles right now because they're good. They're considering a law to ban TikTok in the U.S.
2: I I heard I heard I heard. Um, yeah, I didn't want to speak about it. It's too soon. Um, the uh, they're not going to probably get the vote out right now. But right now they're going to be voting or starting to vote. Starting the talks probably finish up next congressional semester um to ban all tiktok tiktok apps or bite dance apps from government phones which is really gonna affect like five people i feel like (laughs) i don't know i i I can't imagine it really affecting that many people you'd have to have a you have to be a somebody who uses tiktok and then download it on your government issued phone um to you'd have to be able to download it cuz like i have a work phone and i'm pretty sure i can't download anything um that's not regulated by the software store so um maybe really lax departments of the federal government that like force you to use your personal phone as like your work phone maybe
0: hard to say
2: but they said government phones, so mm-hmm. I don't see how they would uh, be able to, like, regulate that portion of it. So it'd have to be, like, from your job. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I guess it affects people. Otherwise, why would they be voting on it? Um, but it is, like, the slippery slope kind of thing is, uh, you know, what's next. So they're going to try to ban it for civilians.
0: Well, um, if...
2: Doubtful. Doubtful, to be honest. If
0: relations with China keep I, souring, I wouldn't put it outside their own possibility.
2: Yeah, but they need our soy, you know?
1: <coughs> Wait, <coughs> Jake, I don't... We do
2: a lot for them.
1: Yeah, I don't think this is... I think this is more than that, because the article I'm reading talks about last year they put up a, a law to stop TikTok usage by federal agencies. So I don't know if this is the same one. Or yeah,
0: on first. on NPR or maybe it was Engadget, one of my morning news briefings. Uh,
1: okay, it is federal. Okay, it is federal agency devices I see here.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, the most famous D and D player in the world, arguably Matt Mercer, is getting to voice a character in Baldur's Gate Three, uh, Minsk, who apparently.
1: He's the hamster, right? Or no, he's the dude with, <laughs> no. who has the
2: hamster. Yeah, Boo is the hamster. Uh, Minskin Boo uh, is part of uh, the Baldur's Gate or Commander Legends Baldur's Gate. Mm-hmm. Um, a Jim card. Yeah, so. Cummings oh. was
0: the original voice actor, but I think just to get the critical role crossover appeal, they decided to cast Matt Mercer. Um, and lastly, it's happening, folks. Hideo is finally getting his wish. To get into the movie business. Uh, And no, it's not the logical Metal Gear Solid movie that they should have made years ago. It's Death Stranding.
2: I mean, that makes sense. You should have your first Strand type movie to pair with your first Strand type game. It's like having a red wine with a with a cheese with a burger. monster
1: <laughs> the monster energy got to have your monster <laughs> i yeah you know um i wouldn't have picked the the source or the the source material for a movie which is something you watch passively to be perhaps one of the most one of the games that requires the most immersion and player uh, player engagement of of the Hideo Kojima library cuz if I understand Death Stranding right, it's like the the whole experience is that you're you're playing or you're doing the action of walking and delivery. Yeah, it's like co-op traversing the environment, and that sucks for movies. I do not want to watch. You know, they're not going to show it. Yeah, I wouldn't put it the, in because it would suck to watch. Nor you know, um, what was it? Who's Norman Reedus? Uh, I think something Bridges. Oh, What's I don't his
0: know character's his character's name? name.
1: Uh. What is is Death Stranding's name? Um, Sam Porter Bridges. Because he works for Bridges. His name is Sam, like Uncle Sam, and he's a porter because he moves things. Um, real, again, Hideo Kojima, ace naming game. Uh, watching Sam Porter Bridges walk over like pebbles and shit is not exactly engaging cinema but it's super it's a big part of the engagement but of I feel game. like the,
0: the, the general super plot of Death Stranding like on a macro level is like among the more batshit insane things Kujin was ever created the one thing I'm interested you about know. is are people gonna like reprise their roles like is Norman Reedus gonna star in this is Conan gonna be in the movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm asking the real questions here.
1: That's what Just everybody like, wants to know. Wasn't Guillermo de, was was Guillermo del Toro in Death Stranding?
0: He might have been. I think he was. He was. I think he, he was. Yeah.
1: He was the uh, president. He was, no, he was. Um,
0: I, I saw him in a lab somewhere. I don't know if he was a scientist or <laughs> a guy bankrolling scientists. Who knows?
1: Um, let's see. Because he's not dead man. No,
0: dead man's uh, dead.
1: Maybe he was. Because <laughs> uh, there's, there's Die Hardman.
0: Die Hardman.
1: But there's also Dead Man. And Heart Deadman,
0: Dead Makes Man, sense. my favorite obscure DC character.
1: Yeah. Um, And none of them are Guillermo de Toro. Guillermo del Toro.
0: Right. Well, if he's a scientist. Um, he's got competition to be the best scientist, uh, from Mr. Stanley Goodsby, played by one Nicholas Cage. And the nineteen ninety six Michael Bay action frill of the rock, baby. nineties <laughs> winter, part two, coming in hot with the rock, which is <laughs> watching it. I haven't watched this movie in a while. I'm pretty sure it was before we started the the podcast. So that's that's yeah. five ish years now. Oh boy, is this a lot more of a Michael Bay movie than I remember it being?
1: <laughs> yeah, I...
2: is is the cameraman okay? Um, does he did he figure out a a treatment for his part? The the
0: editor, uh... Uh, or or perhaps Michael Bay's at Michael Bay's behest, the editor was uh, a lot more frenetic than I remember it being.
1: I I like to think Michael Bay was behind the cameraman during the shoots. Like hassling the shaking them? Yeah, hassling. And he's he's in the editor. He's like slapping the, the editor keyboard as they're trying to splice, splice the film together. Um
2: He's just like quietly going, Get over here, cameraman. Get He'll Let me tickle you. Oh, um, oh he's gonna
1: add a cool thing. Yeah, like I going into this movie, I had the perception from all the people who gave it like super rave reviews that like this was gonna be like a super not like heady, but like a really well like a really tight put together action thing like like Jason Bourne vibes. Right?
0: I like this like movie a everywhere. lot better than I liked any Jason Bourne movie. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh my god, it's Stanley Good. I guess what I'm
1: saying is um this is more like Looney Tunes than it is like uh Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy.
4: Um Kind
0: of, I think it's a tale of of two movies in a lot of ways. I think if you strip it down to like the character elements, it's actually a, a, a quite a good movie. And even like the, I'm not going to say the action's bad, but it's very Michael Bay. <laughs> it's it's over the top. Um, but in terms of like the actual, I think the premise is very interesting. Um, it, it's pretty unique, especially for the time. I think the characters are generally very good. Ed Harris is a very sympathetic villain. Um, mm-hmm. Sean Connery's character, uh, is, is very good. Uh, I think Nick Cage does a good job of being kind of like in way over his head the entire movie. Um yep. so the acting is pretty good, the characters are interesting. Um the plot is pretty interesting as well. Um but you have really cartoony Michael Bay action in there and sometimes it's it's distracting. And there's a nice curveball. Like when I first watched this movie, um we typically don't do spoiler warnings for these 90s reviews because you know these movies are nearly 30 years old. Um but when I first watched this movie, um, I was like stunned when the SEAL team got gunned down. <laughs> I was like, "Shit! Well, what the fuck happens now?" And then, uh, you know, Sean Connery is uh, James Bond. That's what happens.
1: <laughs> That's what happens. Um, yeah, Sean Connery is the best part of this movie for me for sure. Um, he was he just in his he was in his heyday there. And uh, this was an excellent application of it. Um, yes, the like this is definitely a packed action movie for sure. Um, it is about shit going down and very little else. Um, it has a lot of those classic '90s, like it almost has the hallmarks of like, um, oh, who, did, who Independence Day? Roland Emmerich. Come, on, come to me. Yeah, it's got like kind of the hallmarks of like a Roland Everett movie. I just think in like in that um maybe one specific way, just like the the love interest who's kind of there and is like a witness. They're there to,
0: they're to like, raise um, stakes mostly.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That that's what it seemed like. It was like almost instantly when she um, had announced that she's going to San Francisco and she's not like. You What's know, really morning. funny. Uh, it so, like, uh oh, put yourself. Another in interesting thing position. about
0: this movie is uh, when I first watched this, I was talking with my uncle Chris, who's a big movie buff. One of the reasons I'm into movies, um, about it, and I was like, "Yeah, I mean that fucking VX gas. Thank God that shit doesn't exist." And he's like, "No, that's a real thing." I was like, "It's what?" <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah VX VX nerve gas is real I don't know if it melts your skin.
0: I don't it doesn't melt your skin yes. quite like that but it is extremely lethal I did research it afterwards yeah. I'm like oh my god this is fucking yeah. terrifying and you know Nick Cage's character yeah. says it best that's one of those things we wish we could disinvent
2: <laughs> yeah the uh the best the best part of this movie for me was I think um this I think the supporting actors were great in a, in a lot of the scenes though the gay hairdresser, the that was, um that the was Humvee such a owner, fucking... the the trolley car. There man. are a lot oh of like
0: God. I was I was on fire watching this movie. I was picking out like actors. I was like looking at the Navy SEAL commander and like that's Kyle Reese from Terminator. Yeah. <laughs> and I looked it up and sure enough, yeah. it is Kyle Reese from Terminator.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah dr, dr. cox, cox
0: is, uh, you had um uh the uh um sean connery's daughter is the waitress from mystery men who's ben stiller's okay. love interest mm-hmm. um yeah there's a lot of um the uh bookman mm-hmm. is a, a federal agent uh from seinfeld yep. um
1: it's it was that nineties, like that's one of the that's one of the big things of the nineties is like you don't do it so much anymore. But um, they would like you could have those movies where it's like, yeah, this movie is super hype, and we packed every single fucking Hollywood superstar in this thing. We're just gonna yeah. just jam it with with talent. And you had and, you had the um,
0: Candyman <laughs> in there, um, Tony Todd, the uh, the major, the guy who. Utters one of the more quotable lines from the movie: "I'll take pleasure in gutting you, boy." Uh, is uh, the original Candyman actor?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that makes sense. Because like,
2: I think candy. the um, I think the thing that piqued my interest the most was the. Plot oh yeah, it's a it's a really interesting so, plot. Like, like, well, the other thing is like, so this is a military movie mm-hmm. made in the nineties um they had to get like military approval on a lot of the plot points and like the movie itself you can't you can't have a lot of this movie like just straight up bashing the government um if you want to use their planes and that's like a way to like save money and and Mm -hmm. you know get access to really cool uh gadgets and gizmos for cool shots um so this movie, which is essentially about for 30 years, they've been keeping secrets about doing really illegal shit with black ops, marines, and, and fucking over like civilian families and not paying Yeah, out. that would and never like,
0: happen in real life. <laughs>
2: it's like, I get it, they're the villains and they're doing a bad thing, but like they're not wrong. You're just gonna let this...
1: And and like, and, and, like they gonna, weren't even like it's because he they weren't really even demanding
0: a lot <laughs> it was like a hundred million dollars no <laughs> like that's they, the cost of two tanks and,
2: like, <laughs> and half half of them are like like not even super like keen on just
0: oh Ed Harris absolutely a bunch of people was bluffing the whole way he had no intention of killing people and you know, when yeah. he shot the uh it's not levi's it wasn't Levi Stadium at the time but when.
1: The and, psychology and, I, and like the the ideology around the military and this is really fucking fascinating because you know Michael Bay he loves his military industrial complex that's like fucking every one of his movies is like uh, any portrayal of like American law enforcement or or the army is just like full on so I kind of find I find it funny that like the whole idea of this fucking movie is like the only people good enough to beat. An American government gone, or American government operatives gone rogue, is other American operative. The only way to stop a bad American <laughs> with a gun is a good American with a gun. Except it wasn't. Um,
0: it was a good British man with a gun.
1: <laughs> well, you had, but our other hero actually stopped him. He was the uh, you know, he was the FBI, and the whole thing was spearheaded by the FBI. Which, like, on the other hand, there's also like the weird contempt. For the for the FBI, and they put the whole they put all the politics in like the first ten minutes, and then they they use it pretty sparingly throughout the rest of the movie. Like they really mm-hmm. cram the motivation all the way up in the front, and then from then on, like we after they steal the VX gas and they set up, like we don't see the general again for we don't see Hummel again for like a half an hour. Yeah.
0: Um. I'm just reading the trivia here. Uh, Sean Connery demanded that the producers build a cabin for him on Alcatraz because he didn't want to travel back to the mainland every day. (laughs) Um, And Arnold Schwarzenegger was originally offered the role of uh, Mason. But at the time, uh, the script wasn't really baked, so he he turned it down. Mm -hmm. But I'm glad that... Sean Connery took it because there's there's a fun fan theory around this movie and I can't do it justice so I will I will uh, posit it to the audience to look up uh, on YouTube why The Rock is really a James Bond movie and it it's actually really tight in terms of like dates and you know releases of James Bond movies and some of the information given about Mason and it lines up really well to propose that John Mason is the alias <laughs> that he gave the United States government when captured, and it's really James Bond.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. the, the super spy. Because yeah, even without the all the supporting arguments, it's still you still get that vibe. Like when some you know, when you put out there, like yeah, no, it is he is a British national that is that has no official name like he's a persona non uh, grata he,
0: yeah he doesn't John actually there. exist there's no records tying him anywhere
1: and he's and of course he's sean connery who the was, original james bond
0: and Jay has bond. played james bond in an unofficial james bond movie before mm-hmm.
2: and, and the other thing is that he was like he seems like he was a ladies man um he did have a uh a, a daughter with somebody uh you know that they
0: met a, at a led zeppelin concert
2: there's like a one night yeah like a one night stand kind of thing ladies man who just mm-hmm. oh one one and, finally got through
1: and it was and of course it was. it's revealed at the end that he is a good guy like his true nature is as a secret agent working for the british government as a good guy
0: yeah but you can yeah. at the same time it's very understandable why he's like Crusty and standoffish at the beginning of the movie because he's been dicked around for thirty years. Oh, Mac, <laughs> I should have known it was you. <laughs> sure,
2: I mean, locked away for like thirty years—that'll that, do it to you. Long it I was. did like
0: the. Um, it doesn't age. It's not a coof joke now, but I did like the joke. He's like, you know, my typical day was avoiding gang rape in the shower. <laughs> it's it's less of a problem oh, now, yeah, this, but perhaps like, I'm losing my oh, sex it's, appeal. It's,
1: that's one of fucking Michael Bay's many handprints all over this movie. Like we said, like you said, Jake, the fucking, the obnoxiously gay barber. There's that,
0: and the kind of racist like... caricatures. Like, there's the black lady in the yeah. cell who's like, I should have prepped my gun if I knew this shit was going to happen. And then there's the black trolley operator who kind of, you know, has some...
1: It's... He's like, oh, I'm but... a trolley. <laughs> yeah. I, it's just oh, so that, that whole. I don't know on so, the so nose. Yeah. Let's get to the action because that scene was. I feel that was the scene that was like this is. It's too. quintessential it's Michael like Bay. Right out of the naked yeah. gun.
0: Like so, there's uh, a scene in the movie
1: that scene in the naked gun where his car like starts rolling
0: down the <laughs> hill, and Disperse. crashing Disperse. everything. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh there's one of the first major action scenes in the movie. Well, there's the there's where the Marines steal the VX from the the naval base that's the opening of the movie and uh the next action scene really is um mason escapes from his his custody (laughs) i guess you would call it um and he steals a humvee And he's driving through the streets of San Francisco. And the car chase happens through the streets of San Francisco. And, you know, it's very hilly in San Francisco. So you get a lot of nice shots of cars going really fast down hills and suspensions being ruined.
1: Yeah, the (coughs) the jumps over the hills. You get the classic 90s, like, the car phone is in the Humvee. And you know that would have blown audiences' minds at that point. They're like, it's a phone in the car.
0: Well, yeah, car car phones...
1: same Richie rich guy who that was a the car, very yeah uh,
0: bougie car. thing at the time that wasn't terribly uncommon but it was a luxury thing i
2: didn't i didn't pick up on this like at first and then i was like who's he calling and then he's like oh he's calling yeah, an operator for information because that's yeah, when you like found out his daughter people's information it was it was a
0: beautiful time where you would dial 411 or 555-1212 for information um but anyway the Welcome yeah. to after God. this this protracted chase scene where cars are crashing into each other and just big over the top car chases there's a runaway trolley, because cause he gets up under the Humvee. He's, not, he's texting and driving, and he pumps into the trolley, and it knocks it off the, the rails, and it's out of control. And it crashes into a car at the end of it, and just the biggest fucking Michael Bay explosion you've ever done see just rolls off. And I'm like, yep, this is definitely a Michael Bay movie. Yes.
2: Turns into a fucking Falcon 9 rocket. <laughs> Lifting off from Earth's crust to enter orbit. Oh my God. Yeah. And then comes crashing down to the ground, sliding oh. into, sliding slowly into the Ferrari that uh, our, our boy Nicky Another. Is, uh, yeah. Is <laughs> the the stoner dude is like,
0: dude, um, man, your Ferrari got fucked up. <laughs>
1: okay. Yeah. Um, Not my Ferrari. I think this, this sequence also has my favorite shot in this movie in terms of wild ass camera um it's i believe it's nick cage in the car he's like at a stop or something he's like he's not moving and the, like the car is not like moving but the camera is moving everywhere as he's like doing dialogue
0: oh yeah it's, there's it's there's a fucking shaking. terrible editing sequence in that in that uh, area here where like the trolley's coming towards the ferrari and it shows him like trying to fiddle with his seatbelt to get out. And then the next shot is him like diving out of a car with the door already open. And like, we skipped some stuff here. Like, you cut to show the most uh, mundane like, information, but. Sh- well, he
2: was on like shoes. Yeah, he'd have to his airbag oh, yeah. and they cut and they away.
0: And the airbag shot, his seatbelt's undone, doors and- already open. He's getting out of the car. Meanwhile, there are other scenes in this movie where they edit to, like, show a guy nodding that the door is open that the audience already saw the door open for. I think this is one of Michael Bay's um, first features. Um, he had done a lot of music yeah, videos before, Bad before that. Um, and it, it shows in some of the uh, yeah. the editing choices.
1: It's almost like he breaks like the temporal one eighty degree
0: oh, rule. Oh, he broke the actual one eighty degree rule a couple times.
3: <laughs> yep.
1: uh, you also have his signature color grade. It's low it's more subtle here than it is in Transformers. But it's the Michael Bay green, I call it. It's that not the neon green of the VM nerve <laughs> gas. It's that it's the green of like the open sky and like scenes where it's this weird kind of, like, sickly olive color that kind of just lightly graded
0: so into a lot A very of basic color grading is you push the shadows towards teal and you push the highlights towards orange. They're complementary colors. It makes, you know, characters stand out from the background a lot. The problem is Michael Bay then usually takes that saturation knob and cranks it way the fuck up so colors don't look right. Yeah. This movie isn't if quite that cranked. Mm-hmm. But watch any scene from Transformers 2.
1: Yeah. If you want a prime example just to look at a picture, um the 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 poster oh, yeah. for Bad Boys 2 is is the color grade I'm talking about where it's not just like the teal but there's also like a little green in there and the oranges are like yellow orange. Yeah. Um I it was it was there enough to be noticeable if it was if I had not ever seen any Michael Bay stuff and this was as it was for most people watching it my first my first Michael Bay ex- exposure I wouldn't have noticed it but like hindsight, in hindsight it's it's very much there. It's one of his it's become it became kind of one of his hallmarks. Yeah.
0: It's uh it is kind of interesting in that regard um i had a point but i lost it
2: <laughs> i the, the also the michael bayism was uh, a lot of the uh camera attached to whatever fast moving device uh we see some of that in his like current works uh i think he liked it on the ferrari and on the humvee as they were doing that car chase he also put a little little gopro on uh on the knife flying through the air instead. Yeah. that oh stabbed the man where he throws it like it's uh, spinning, or in the neck but
0: as
1: and then it cuts to it flying and it's just oh, straight like a like a shot yeah out of gun. it's an
2: arrow that's a that's a that's a sean conneryism it's like I like to throw my knives like I shoot my
1: bows mm-hmm. yeah that was a that's i think that's still kind of like a a graphic or a cinematic misconception or like a you know intentional thing that they do where they'll throw like a when you throw like an axe or a knife or something, right? You throw it so it spins. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But when, like, for example, like a ninja star, right? Not the not the spinning ninja stars, but the sh- like the kunai, mm-hmm. right? Whenever you see a kunai in flight, it's like being thrown like a dagger, even though like, I'm pretty sure you spin that shit to,
0: to throw. Um, I've never in, thrown right? a kunai, so I don't oh, know. Sure. I don't think you want like. Spinning on that axis, I think you want end over end spinning because that gives you the most mm-hmm. forward momentum. The, the way that's weighted, I think, well, yes, the way it's weighted has everything to do with how you throw it. Right. Um,
2: yeah, the um, the, the some of the shots in this movie, some of the lines are just beautiful, uh, from Nick Cage, especially the Rocket Man line from
4: It's You, You're the uh, Rocket uh, Man. Just,
0: uh,
2: <laughs> You know, some the rocket.
4: There, in that you that
0: that, that final act of the movie, the right a now. lot of people falling on sharp debris.
1: <laughs> oh God, the guy getting them
0: Falling on broken glass.
1: <laughs> as yeah, that one scene. As soon as I saw him, he had the one ball of VX nerve gas. I'm like, oh, that's going in the dude's. Path. Yeah. He's
3: gonna...
2: I was like, "Why put it in your chest? What if he punches you in the chest? Then you're well, dead." Well, they're both dead, I'm and he sick. has he has oh the, the
0: anti serum, and the other guy didn't.
2: I guess, it's... Um, yeah. But the thing acts so yeah.
1: fast; <laughs> it's like, oh my god. Uh, that kind of is related because he has to put the thing in his chest. the The setup payoffs are like so far apart. Yes, I mean, maybe they're not
0: more far like, apart the tr- than, the like, trembler, like the the trembler, the motion movies. detector. They set that up way in the beginning and then like an hour later it pays off
1: (laughs) and it's not like yeah some you know some filmmakers will do that but they'll do it subtly so you even like you forgot that it was set up but like michael bay does not do no subtly
0: the
2: green flares
1: trembler i'm going to use it as an as a
0: no one knows about it. Um, (laughs) Yeah, another example of that was, um, like, during the car trace, um, Sean Connery, Mason's bumping into all this shit to to block his pursuers. And you, as the audience, can see what he's doing. But Michael Bay does not have respect for you as the audience, so he has to make William Forsythe's character go, he's hitting everything he can to block us. (laughs) It's like, I know, you showed me. You don't have to then tell me. <laughs> I saw it.
2: <laughs> yeah, and they, they could have done a better job at that because there was a lot of jump cuts for, uh, like, Sean Connery just driving and being like, oh, and then turning the wheel and then the, the jump cut to it actually hitting the carton of oranges or whatever the fuck it is. But, you know, it could have been a lot more seamless if, You know, you had seen it from the perspective outside the car, just gunning it towards the obstacles and zooming in on those and just totally take out the fact that, you know, you get everybody gets what you're trying to do. (laughs) You know,
0: some of the trivia for this movie movie. is really great. Uh, Apparently, Nicolas Cage uh, came up with the idea that his character would not swear. Um, And.
1: That's a classic Nick Cage. Like of course he would do something and,
0: like that. Apparently a lot of his dialogue was ad libbed, including the Zeus's butthole line, which Michael Bay wanted to cut, but Nick Cage insisted be <laughs> kept in the movie. You
1: know what? That's fine. He was he was the toppest of top Nick Cage. So yeah, and he, like he he is his own guy in that movie for sure. He's like his own force. Yeah.
0: You can kinda of tell because uh sometimes it feels like Nick Cage is in a different movie than the rest of the cast. <laughs> Nick
1: Nick fucking cage or however
0: yeah. Woo Um Nick fucking fucking fucking
1: cage.
2: <laughs> Nicky smooch is good. Nicky
0: smooch is good. <laughs> Nick Cage smooch is good. I fucking love that movie. <laughs> Um, and this is this is a great Nick Cage performance. Nick Cage has a very interesting career where he was a, a big leading man in the mid to late 90s and then again in the mid to late 2000s <laughs> because he did this Con Air Gone 60 Seconds all around the same time and then he did a lot of like quieter stuff and did some supporting roles, and then like two thousand six, two thousand seven rolls around. You're a national treasure. You're in Ghost Rider. You're in the Ghost Rider sequel. <laughs> yeah,
1: like I really feel like Nick Cage just does whatever I would say whatever he wants, which I guess in the end he does, but like more like he just does. Whatever.
0: Well, at, at a certain point, he had to do whatever. To because he he spends his money wantonly, <laughs> right? We've uh,
1: go see man, any of our other Nick Cage
0: movies. We we can't go five minutes without mentioning his his lavish spending habits, like,
1: his dinosaur heads.
0: And but shit. like, yeah, this movie, the action once the action picks up, um, once you get into the the assault on Alcatraz, let's call it, um, it it becomes a very nicely. Put together action filler with some some you know cool scenes and um, you know uh, memorable characters and interactions, moments, mm-hmm. and uh, you know it's not like it's not a masterpiece, but it's no. it's a it's a fine ac- action in the pantheon of action movies. It it sits. And the uppercut.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think I think it stood out to people at the time because again, this was one of Michael Bay's early things, early works. So to have this kind of frantic, like packed to the gills kind of action movie, um, certainly was, if not novel, uh, then certainly like c- almost cutting edge. I'd say it's not the. You know, it's not like 80s action movies.
0: No. Um, it's it's, it's not quite as over-the-top as an 80s action movie. Mm-hmm.
1: I will say, this does follow my favorite 90s trope of filmmaking, which is there are... A lot, a lot of set man, dressing, yeah. A lot of set dressing, especially during the chase scene, because he literally puts the fruit... <laughs> yep. <for> them to <laughs> Just
0: a to lot it. of shit to be <laughs> crashed into. Um, But, yeah, like...
2: But then in Alcatraz, I think they saved a little bit on that.
3: They didn't have to do too much to Alcatraz, right. probably. A lot so,
0: of the, yeah, a lot. Stuff. there's just a lot of shit I mean, in I mean, Alcatraz. Yeah, somewhere. like, some of the shit under Alcatraz is like, oh. <laughs> what would have been the purpose of this? <laughs>
2: Ain't no fucking way. There's a minecart from Donkey Kong Country, from Indiana
1: Jones, '64, because he has to make the Indiana Jones joke. Or wait, no. When did Last
0: Crusade come out? Ninety-one? No, eighty-three. I don't know. <laughs>
2: okay, let's, let's look it up.
3: Uh,
2: I mean, yeah, there was. I mean, there was a whole slew. They 1989. Went up and down, and up and down. Okay, Above so, ground yes. for Alcatraz, below uh, ground Sean Connery There's would a whole sewer system Crusades before. There's an there's an active furnace. There's an active smelting furnace
0: mm-hmm.
2: that is yeah, just spinning there's, fire. There's kind of thing I picked
0: up on watching this movie again. Uh he says he memorized the, the timing of the incinerator chute. Um the door unlocks from the side he would have been coming from when he was escaping. So why didn't he just use the door? (laughs) (laughs)
2: Yeah. I I mean uh, it's cool, cool visual.
0: But like it doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean I suppose it could have been guarded. Um
1: yeah. Um I don't know. I
0: that's what I got. They
1: just needed they just needed the scene to happen.
2: No, it's yeah, they were like, I got this idea. Mm -hmm. It's 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 the whole thing of like oh I got this idea of of a uh, of a hostage situation on Alcatraz and the the only man to escape has which is a cool anything. fucking idea um, <laughs> and then they build the movie around that and I think I think that's where we got yeah, a, I I think I could I would I'm have planning at all
0: enjoyed if they had done a little bit more with the infiltration aspect of it uh, before. You know the SEAL team got gunned down, but it's already a two hour and sixteen minute movie. So like, how much more do you want in the movie? But I think it it could have been cool to to incorporate a few more like heist element type things.
2: Yeah, because the pacing seemed like it was on track to be pretty solid throughout the beginning of the movie. We had a lot of really good setup, um, and you know you're you're helped along with this time constraint that they set forth for you um and then towards the middle of the movie it kind of drags after the whole marine team dies uh you get a couple good shots here and there but um after that it's like you get this constant bickering between good speed and mason and it's like it's like okay all right get over it you old married couple just work together like i know you're gonna do
1: i um in a in a more uh i guess a more contemporary movie to us um, that would be that would turn into Marvel banter. Yeah, this was oh yeah proto banter.
2: This is the proto banter. This is uh you know Michael Bay walked so James, so <laughs> James Good could run.
0: That is maybe the <laughs> this, only this, uh, time you hear those two directors compared directly. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, I will say about the end again. The other thing, like that, was the one other thing I didn't mention about, like the weird. I guess the the interesting uh, psychology around the the American military is that like even the even the bad American general, he's actually a good guy.
0: Well, they established that he's you know, at their
1: heart Americans; they,
0: they're loyal. Well, I think that's just consistent characterization from the very start. You know, he he made clear that he didn't want to ever have to do this, and they do a good job of showing, not telling you know what a good guy is cuz when they're taking over alcatraz you know before the guns come out he he goes up to the kids and he's like hey you know tell tell your teacher you got to get back on the boat
2: yeah i didn't want to take the yeah. kids so kids, like yeah, they they do
0: that's just very yeah. consistent in his characterization
2: mm-hmm. yeah
0: sure. i forgot um, about that
2: line. yeah and then and then you can just kind of throw the the bad the bad eggs away you know the bad marines that That maybe are a little bit more driven um, by the money. Shell shocked,
1: and that's why they get the they get Uh, the most gruesome deaths is because they're yes,
2: yes, and how you know we're gonna save save the general for the brig, the brigadier for the brig, and throw away the key because he's definitely gonna be executed for treason (laughs) because nobody just points the loaded gun of a biochemical weapon at thousands and thousands of millions of people and just like gets away with it well
0: years i mean time. had he not already died Quarter on the drop. island yeah that probably would have been true yeah he get he gets yeah, shot he, he the died. fuck up he gets, <laughs> oh he did die he's tra- redemption
1: tra- and then fuck. he dies as a hero I, but he's also he kind yeah, right. of a bad guy so he's he deserves to die, but he also redeemed himself. But he never really was-
0: actually hurt or killed anyone. Because when they took over the base, they used non-lethal methods, and then he, he veered the missile yeah. off place. So you know he, he.
2: They were very careful with that. They were very careful with that to mm-hmm. not kill anybody. Which
1: is, except it's, it's tight writing. The- and he oh,
0: didn't yes. give the order to shoot the SEAL team. Yeah. They returned fire after one of his yeah. men, you know, knocked a brick down. So. They were they were yeah, very careful with his characterization, and I think that's why he's he's such a memorable uh, character. Also, Ed Harris is a phenomenal actor who who brings it to end of E-roll.
2: He also said, "Hold your fire!" Like almost immediately, yeah. and yeah, <laughs> not at listened. all
0: because
4: they were all on edge. <laughs> they're like, <laughs> like "I want to shoot
0: someone."
2: <laughs> oh yeah, they're all on edge. They all got gunfire in their ear. They all got shell shock and having a flashback. So yeah. why not? Why not? Um, what did you also think about the, uh, the kind of, like, tease of the, of Mason knowing all the secrets of, and them just, like, casually being like, oh, yeah, they know about the area, the aliens in Area 51, and that was the truth behind the Kennedy assassination. I would
1: have, I mean, it's a cute little, like, I guess getting the girl isn't enough. He's got a...
2: Yeah, I thought that I was kind of unnecessary
1: it's, um, to be amazing. quite
0: honest. It was Definitely, sequel because
1: right? he can't get the he can't get the girl because he has to disappear. Yeah. So
0: that's well. His. As far as the government knows, he's dead, so he can go be with his daughter now. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I think the microfilm, and this is just based on my recollection of the director's commentary. I think that was largely sequel bait because Michael Bay had in his head an idea for a sequel, um, involving. Uh, good speed in the microfilm um, as a device to um, explain why Mason wasn't was captured I think it works fine um, the listing of the government secrets you know that's just Google rumors of government secrets you know that's the stuff that comes up right. um, in terms of like having him go to Kansas and, and get it I I can take it or leave it. I think it's it's just a a way to end the movie on a on a higher note than what it would have been if it had just been kind of like picking up the pieces of the Alcatraz inc- incident.
1: Yeah, I I know Michael Bay doesn't like to do this, like or at least I don't he, I don't tag him as the kind of guy that would do this. But I would have loved it in the Transformers movie, like if they made like a weird joke about how like yeah some British national. It, like the secrets of the transformers were leaked to like some very national <laughs> back in the 90s, but other than that, it's airtight. Yeah,
0: yeah, um, it's uh, it's one of my favorites. Um, it's a movie that I, I can, can go back and watch at regular intervals. Um, it's not a perfect movie, but uh, it's got a 7.4 out of 10 IMDb, which is a pretty good score, especially for uh what is essentially a summer blockbuster dumb action movie. Um so I I can give it a thumbs up and a recommendation.
1: Yeah, it's in it's definitely in the in the hall there. Um yeah, I would recommend it. I would I would recommend it uh more to blockbuster crowd than to like um the action crowd. Again, like this was this was a lot different than what I thought it was gonna be. Um, so that doesn't make it bad by any means. So, uh, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely
0: would watch it again. It's it's without a doubt Michael Bay's best movie. That's not like the, you can see that as damning it with faint praise, but it's actually a, a pretty solid movie.
2: Well, I don't know when I don't know when the trivia comment was made, but it, they did say that it was Michael Bay's favorite movie. And I it it was pretty well done to be quite honest. And it has those
0: Michael Bay touches I, I that make it unmistakably a Michael Bay movie, but it uh he doesn't quite go as indulgent as he does in some of his other movies.
1: He doesn't have the uh the uh not the crutch, but like the the all out schmorgis board that is CGI yeah. team. Right? Like all his nothing fundamentally about his style change you know a lot of it didn't change between then and transformers except for now he could use cgi and that's the big thing that a lot of people
0: like and i think i think the reason this movie's this movie works where a lot of his other movies don't is he just had a lot higher quality of actor in this movie Transformers pretty solid. You're right. Shia LaBeouf, Sean Connery, same tier of actor.
2: Coming off of <laughs> coming holes. Coming off of holes That's like Shia five LeBeouf, years man.
0: beforehand. <laughs> <laughs>
2: coming <laughs> off of holes. Shil- People were still playing that movie no, for no, five no, years. Believe me. Man. Let's see how much that off brought off into the, old block, old. By the box office. <laughs> ah,
0: and on, on that week, Zinger, we shall wrap up this... Uh, Unexpectedly long edition of the Siren Steads podcast, but it's... Was this longer than the ride? Um Yes, by about 20 yeah. minutes. Um, <laughs> so we'll uh, we'll leave you here. We'll be back next week with episode... Or, or we'll be back next week. I'm not sure if we'll be doing a full Ghost show next show. week. Uh, Jake hasn't... I think we're doing Ghost in the Shell. Um, but whether yeah. that... I guess it would have to come out next week because uh, the the New Year's show is going to have to be uh, awards. So yeah, um, 346 will come out next week for Ghost in the Shell. Um, somewhere in between this episode and that episode, you'll get a supplemental episode that is just a review of Avatar Way of Water. Uh, we will see it at some point, all three hours and 12 fucking minutes of it. And we will we will take a hot steamy doo doo on on James Cameron's latest movie. Uh, not even gonna nope. pee. I'll I'll pee in my cup. <laughs> and on on that note <laughs> and that's the way yep, of the water. Yep, that's the way of the water. And uh until next time, we will stay safe and probably like it's nineteen ninety five.
3: Peace.
2: Bye bye.